to match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat children. All right. We back. The motherfucking Tough Talk Podcast. Uh, it's your host, Phil Hunt. Uh, Ibrahim Khalif's going to be joining me on this one. My co-host, per usual. Uh, what is it? It's Monday morning, man. What the fuck? Uh, what, is, what is the date even? I don't even know. These days are just running together at this point. This long-ass, dragging-ass year that we've had. Uh 1026, October 26, Monday. Uh, we actually recorded late this one. We recorded yesterday, so not that much shit happened between yesterday and today. But per usual, I like to pop up and give you an intro, a little synopsis of what this episode is about. What the fuck did we talk about on this episode? Uh, the debates. We covered the debates. Uh, Sleepy Joe Biden versus Trump. <laughs> we covered those debates, which my big my big takeaway is always that he doesn't have a slogan, which seems like a really small thing. But for people who vote, and I mean, a lot of people are not like, I don't want to say they're dumb, but they're just not that sophisticated. So they need something that captures the imagination, man. It's like Nike, just do it, right? Like everybody knows that slogan. Even people who don't own Nikes know that slogan. Just do it. You don't know what Adidas slogan really is, you know? Reebok slogan. But you know Nike, just do it, so. It becomes synonymous with the campaign, you know, and then people understand it's you, so. I just take that as being lazy on the part of the Biden campaign. It's like, oh, you think you got this in the bag, don't you? And that fucking MAGA, I mean, love it, hate it, whatever. Don't feel any way about it, man. I saw a guy, black kid up here in Harlem. He had a MAGA sweatshirt. And, you know, at first I'm thinking, oh, okay. And then as I got closer, it said, make Africa great again. So it's like, God damn, you can, you can make those letters stand for anything. And I mean, you can hashtag it. Fucking Brandon, that guy is not a politician, right? What else did we discuss here? We discussed LeBron and his greatness. Uh, has the game of basketball changed? Which I always say no. So you'll see that. Me and Ibrahim go back and forth at the end of this about that. We discuss a little comedy up front. A uh, little bit of comedy, which I don't know, man. <laughs> My challenge is fucking empty. I mean, what the hell has this year been anyway? I just need comedians to be self-aware. I was, I did a show in a backyard on Friday night, and this comedian looks at me and tells me, yeah, man, I'm happy Dangerfield's closed. And I'm looking back at him like, you're in a backyard. How are you happy a club closed? You're in a backyard. Like, you know, whatever you want to think of Dangerfield's closing, and I mean, they didn't book me. 
I, I mean, just like everybody, I did, I did a few independent shows that, you know, produced there, or produced there, and an outside producer brought me in, and I even did a couple of guest spots there, but they didn't book me, so, but, but I'm still not happy that a venue closed in a scene that more venues are going to be closing in. So it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be personal. I'll tell you a little bit of my personal story. I mean, because that's what the fuck we're here for, if nothing else, right? So a little bit of personal for me is I uh before I ever moved to New York City, I lived in Buffalo for 10 months. Don't ask me. Uh whatever. My brother got sick from cancer. He passed. I lived in Indianapolis. Uh, I wanted to get the fuck out of Indianapolis as fast as I could after that because it was just weird after that. Uh, and I started looking at shit like, man, life's short. Like, you know, here one day, gone tomorrow. That's how it could be, literally. So whatever you want to do, whatever your dreams are, you better get to them because this thing isn't waiting for nobody. But, uh, yeah, so I fucking... Packed it up. I moved to Buffalo. I figured that's close enough to New York City. And I used to come out to New York City on the weekends. Anyhow, I started working for fucking Coastal Entertainment, which you can probably still Google and see what shows they're doing. The lady who books Coastal Entertainment also booked Dangerfields for a long time. Uh... I was doing shows in like Scranton, Pennsylvania, you know, you're hosting or whatever for, you know, 250 a weekend. You're doing four shows, you know, two Friday, two Saturday. And sometimes they would add a show, you know, Scranton, Pennsylvania, uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. She was booking gigs. I mean, C-level gigs out on the road, but a gig's a fucking gig when you want to become a working comic. And I mean was working with guys you know a little more experienced than me like i i remember the first one i did i did with uh mike gaffney it, mike's a comic here from new jersey he's around new york city does the seller uh did last comic standing but i remember not even knowing i had a fucking hotel room and i was like so hungry man I was prepared to sleep in my car or drive all the way back to Buffalo from Scranton and drive back because I just wanted to fucking be a working comic. So anyway, yeah, she booked gigs like that, you know, like I said, the rural parts of PA, outer New Jersey, shit like that. And I figured, well, if I've done four or five gigs for her and I do them well enough, when I moved to New York City, That'll be an easy paid spot for me to get. And boy, was I wrong. I mean, she fucking made it hard for me. Like, uh, you know, uh, she kept giving me the runaround, you know, send me a tape, you know, and it take her four months to reply. And all, the whole time she's still sending me out on shit gigs, mind you, you know, go over here to uh, bumfuck PA and host for me. I give you 250, you know, two shows Friday, Friday, two shows Saturday. You can host, be clean and, you know, bring the comics up was my job, be on time or whatever. And I mean, 
I do because it just was whatever. You figure you're building towards something, right? And she give me the fucking runaround every time I'd email her. Yeah, uh, you know. If you could, you know, I'm here in the city, and by then I was doing like Laughing Devil, was doing some comic strip, I was doing Caroline's, I was doing all sorts of shit. So I just kept being like, man, you know, that that other twenty five bucks a night, if I could get it, that that would help. And she just never would give it to me. She'd always give me the fucking run around. Uh, yeah, send me a tape. Then, you know, it'd take her three months to watch the tape. And by then she'd say, well, send me another tape. That one wasn't, you know, I didn't like the uh, the lighting on that one. She never would say I was bad, which that's that's a thing people fucking do in this business. You know, they almost never tell you no because they feel like they might need you at some point. And they don't want to be the story in your book when you write your fucking autobiography of this. This person said I suck. <laughs> so they'd rather just not respond. Give you this fucking neutral, which I mean, to love or to be hated. It's probably better. One or the other. It's like, what's that thing uh, to be feared or to be respected, which they're like, you know, almost opposites. And people say fear lasts longer than the respect. So it's one of those weird things of like. I'd rather you tell me I suck than to just not reply or to give me the fucking runaround, but whatever. And I mean, I, I, I observed the lineups there and who used to be there. And quite honestly, it was kind of viewed in the city as, you know, it was viewed in the city as a almost a retirement home for comics. You had like a lot of older guys over there, I'll say. A lot of older comics is over there and, you know... So at some point I figured it was that like, oh, well, I'm only like 26, 27 ish here. And all she books is old people, you know, older comics, you know, the 40 year old guys, the guys with kids and shit. And I mean, Danger Fields is, you know, a legendary comedy club within New York. I mean, all the way back to the days of like. You know, Rodney Dangerfield, obviously, I don't get no respect and 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 the young comedian specials that were like legendary in the 90s, you know, HBO was filming there, you know, Seinfeld and a lot of young white comics got their start there. The shit was like Def Jam for the white comics, you know, but, you know, it seemed better days. <laughs> we'll, we'll say that it seemed better days. But at the same time, I can't believe, you know. This guy is in a fucking backyard and it's like, eh, how many times has HBO shot a fucking special here in a fucking backyard? But you're going to smile at me in a fucking backyard and clap your hands about a comedy club closing. So let's just be fucking self-aware, folks. Let's be fucking self-aware. Let's be goddamn self-aware, folks. Club closing, I mean, however you feel about that particular club, just know that two things. It's one is it's stopping some of the money, meaning however many shows go on in New York a night, there's only a certain amount of money. And if you look at the money in total, because you can never do the same spot every night, although <laughs> there are some places whose lineups don't change, but mostly you're kind of bouncing around. So. 
That's one less spot that you can possibly get. So the money just got smaller. And I mean, like I said, you know, even though they didn't book me, there was a possibility, you know, that you could go over there and make some money. <laughs> Which is so fucking funny. I auditioned as recently as like a year ago. I went and did a guest set at like 1.30 a.m. And they just never got back to me. And then the pandemic happened and whatever else. And it just, at a certain point, you know, you're just like, whatever. Who gives a fuck? But I certainly can't applaud the fact that they're gone. And like I said, post-pandemic, we're performing in fucking backyards. So it's a level of just like, eh, let's be self-aware here. How many legendary comedians have shot here? How many of them got their start here in a fucking backyard? <laughs> and that's not to devalue the backyards. We appreciate the backyard shows because it's all we got right now. But like I said, there's there's no legacy to be had there. And, and there is no history there. So let's just appreciate, you know, the more opportunities we have, the more stages, even if those stages aren't for you. There are even some clubs I've appreciated because they keep certain bitter ass comics away from me where it's like, you know, go over to that one place and just die over there and be bitter and, you know, shit on all the young comedians and all the new specials over there at that club, you know, and we'll go be young and be hopeful and discuss our managers and our agents and our prospects and you know, what gigs we're writing for or auditioning for over here at the Young People's Club. And it may have less history and it may have, you know, less headshots on the wall, but we're building that history, you know? So there's that, you know? Sometimes appreciate the fact that comedians need somewhere to go and die and dreams need somewhere to go and die, so... There are those like incubator nursing home kind of clubs in some cities, you know, and it just is what it is. But but appreciate that at some point you'll be an old comic and you'll need somewhere to go and die, too. So it is what the fuck it is, man. But certainly don't see me at a backyard comedy show and be so unself-aware that you're fucking talking to me about how a fucking comedy club is closing and you're happy of that, you know, as you stand and hope it doesn't fucking rain in someone's backyard because your fucking show can get rained out. So, yeah, let's not do that. And Dangerfields went out with a bang. It was in the movie Joker. Uh, some comics were in there. Greer Barnes. Uh, Gary Goldman was in there. Uh, Sam Morrell. So it went out with a bang. It got to be on fucking Joker. So it went out with a fucking bang. Uh, what else do we discuss on this podcast? Like I said, we argue a little about basketball. We argue about, you know, who's the GOAT? Is the game different? We discuss the debates. Uh, what did we discuss right up front? Uh, we discussed a little bit of this whole gender war that's going on, you know, on social media with, you know, Ice Cube supposedly backing Trump and how 
Ice Cube and 50 Cent all of a sudden became all black men and this whole gender war, you know, black women versus black men that they wanted to be. So we get knee deep into that. Uh, I've been enjoying uh, Kanye on the Joe Rogan podcast. That's what I've been feasting on this weekend. I mean, it's three fucking hours. And I mean, he just says he just has so many ideas. That Kanye, although I can't hide the irony that it's kind of funny, the fact that Kanye fucking, he went from, uh, you're such a fucking hoe, I love it, to follow God, and now he's all about God, and it's just like, whoa, man, that was a quick transition, I mean, one minute you're with Lil Pump, and the next minute you're hanging out with Kirk Franklin, all right, that was a fast transition, so he's talking to Joe Rogan, he's talking all about God, which... Kanye is a fucking politician now. He's on your ballot. So that's, and I mean, he's a billionaire, which uh, Dame Dash says something that stays with me about, you know, they asked him about getting back in the music business and he goes, you, you don't make money from fucking music. You make money from the celebrity that comes from making music and you leverage it. And when I think of Kanye becoming a billionaire, as people are kind of saying, well, the music isn't what it was. And it's like, well, does it fucking need to be? I mean, he's a fucking billionaire off shoes, which I think that's hilarious, is that there's someone on your ballot who has sneakers. And, and there are people who wear the Yeezys and aren't even voting for Kanye. Ain't that about a bitch? And I think that's true progression, you know. There's a president presidential candidate on our ballot that has a mixtape folks presidential fucking candidate that has a mixtape folks and if he was to get elected his wife would have a clip on Pornhub that's right you could see the first lady getting taken down on fucking Pornhub so that's some form of progress I don't know. COVID's still kind of a big deal here in New York City. I don't know about where you live, but still ruining shows, still messing up things. We got some indoor dining back, but still some distancing, some schools open. I don't know. I'm about solutions. That's what I was disappointed about in the debates. It's the same fucking topics. Luckily for us, uh, school's been closed, so the school shootings wasn't such a big topic, you know. It's been a big topic, you know, the last few years, but seeing, hearing fucking abortion and, you know, police brutality, it's like, I've been hearing the same conversation since fucking Bill Clinton and no one fixes any of this shit. Healthcare, it's the same topics, which I remember like in the nineties, 96 election, Bill Clinton like cloning was an actual discussion, people being cloned. And that that's a solution to me. Like, would we need a vaccine if we had clones? If there was just three more me's in the back that they could bring out, would we need a fucking vaccine? I don't think we would. Police brutality, if we had just clones ready to go. We could kill the cops, bring out a new one. Like, that one was malfunctioning clearly, so... Here's a new us. I don't fucking know. I'm about solutions. Don't look like the vaccine's coming anytime soon, but 
let me not ramble too much. We discuss Ice Cube uh, endorsing Trump or 50 Cent's joke about Trump and that whole gender war. Uh, we discuss the debates. We discuss uh, Michael Jordan versus LeBron and LeBron's legacy. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Go on fucking iTunes and rate us. Please do me that favor. And uh, I'm going to let y'all get into this episode now. I've rambled too fucking much. Another episode of the motherfucking Tough Talk Podcast. Enjoy. Hey. Yo. What's up? Chilling. Yeah, this thing makes you record through the um, Safari now. Oh, okay. It switched up. I know you said that last time. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Technical difficulty. That's why I'm always a fan of just recording live, man. Recording live. Save us so much time and trouble, but everybody nervous now, scared of the COVID. That's what's funny, man. I was thinking about it the other day as I was looking at people with masks on, and I'm like, Yo, what happened to the gloves? <laughs> everybody had on gloves like the first three weeks. It was everybody had the gloves and the mask on. Yeah, but the gloves is dumb because the gloves are dumb because you're touching everything with those gloves, so it wasn't really essential. Yeah, that's the thought. The funny shit is Nah, you're dumb. right. Like the funny shit is that uh, the. The funny shit, though, is that, you know, using all this hand sanitizer I put out, I said, it's going to be really we- it's gonna be really awkward catching mesothelioma from all the damn hand sanitizer. Yeah, the side the effect time. of the side <laughs> effect. Years later. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, you don't know what, like, a lot of shit they're using to purify a lot of these places, like, they're shooting, like, these things to clean stuff, and you don't know what the fuck type of long-term effects nah, it's going to have on fact. your body later. Or even the details, you know? like you were saying, even with the gloves, that a lot of times that's funny because they never, you know, clean the gloves. So you just go around collecting germs all day. And at some point, you got to touch those gloves. Then, right. even as I go to the gym, yeah. everybody's distancing. They got the machines kind of all sectioned off to where, like, only one out of, like, every four machines is on. That way it gives you six feet or whatever, but Everybody's yes, but and everybody's the same spraying air. down. Everybody's spraying down the uh, equipment before and after. But I'm watching the spray bottle going. Yo, that spray bottle dirty as hell. <laughs> right. Yeah, I used to. I used to. Uh, when I would go to the gym, I would never spray before I use it. If I was going to use it. Um, I would spray it and then leave and let that shit dry or something. Or mm. sometimes I wouldn't even spray it before I use it at all. And then I would sp- and then I would spray it afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Because what they you what's in that bottle is probably worse than what you're trying to open from somebody else. You know what I'm saying? It's like if I spray this if I spray this machine down and I'm about to use this, you know, this bench press or whatever, the chemicals in that bottle getting into my pores is a lot more dangerous than me just gotcha. laying on the thing. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? It's like my pores are open. It's like my pores are open, and then you got me spraying this cleaning uh, concoction on there, and I'm laying yeah. on it right after. 
it's like, nah, I'd rather just use it and then gotcha. spray it down yeah, afterwards. I see what you going with them. Like, yo, you know what I'd rather or not or spray it down and walk away. <laughs> Fuck around yeah, and be a you know superhero I mean? when you leave it's the just gym. Dumb to me. Right. And I used to own my own gym. And I used to spray, like, after every uh, client. Because, you know, you can get stabbed mm-hmm. and shit like that. You can't get that. But I would spray way before the next client came in or whatever like that. I would spray and give it time to air out and give it time to right. dry and all of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? But I would never be the one, the guy. Like, I see people, they, they spray the shit down. They wipe it down. And then they, like, get on it right after. I'm <laughs> like, man, fuck that. That shit going to get in my pores. Fuck you all up. You be all... You'd be wondering why you got cancer. It's like motherfuckers giving a spray bottle at the gym. Yeah. You don't know what's in that damn bottle. That shit has no label. Yeah, you don't know what the hell's in there. Some shit they put in there. Yeah, it's always yeah. a funny one. Shit, how how the but, show's been going, man? How was the show last night? Um, show last night was dope, man. Um, shout out to my boy Kirby Darius, man. He um he he pretty much did a D- do it yourself. You know how you said DIY. DIY. Do it yourself, like kind of like a half a half hour special or whatever. So he did it in his backyard. Um, had the cameraman there. We all opened up for him. Um, he had me, uh, Gerard Fortune, Amy Shanker, Idris, and uh, who else? Okay, that's cool. That was it. I think that was yeah. That was pretty much it. And we all he had a, he had a nice turnout, that's and he did a great up, job, man. man. I mean, yeah, he did a great job. So making ran all his dope. COVID material. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a thing. And like you know, I got probably fifteen minutes of COVID material, but it's a lot level of life of the fifteen minutes. I really like and think five minutes of it is good and tight. But then you also start getting nervous because you're like, well, mm-hmm. we all going through the same thing. So I, I wonder how many of us are doing the same <laughs> jokes about it. Uh, you got you got some hack shit, but I mean, if the good comics, you know, you can pull out, mm-hmm. you know, wait, you know, you can pull out different angles from this shit. You know what well, I mean? About- you ain't got to worry about that. I mean, you got you got people that's treading the same. Line is like memes and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, but you gonna have those anyway. You don't have them people. But I'm not. A, I, I'm, I'm never a fan of the memes anyway, and the whole logic of well, yep. comics are taken from memes, and I think we've discussed it before. I think more often than uh-huh. not, the memes are taken from comics, and I've flat out seen comedians' jokes written th- on. That's what I think. Say what? But I mean, like, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, I've also seen, like, you would see the memes being made from, like, bigger name comedians. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? From bigger name comedians. I'm talking about guys we, we see, like, in the uh, open mics and stuff like that. And, like, literally, this meme is trending. Yeah. And you see this this guy pull the same. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, you know I've I mean? seen that. It's like, come on now. It's like, come on. I've yo. seen that. And now we all have to kind of stay away from it, which is like, you know, certain comics that are like, well, I'm not just not going to be on the internet, meaning like, hear no evil, see no evil. But then it's like, you know, mm-hmm. once you say it, someone off stage mm-hmm. still goes, yeah, I just saw a meme that said that same thing. So it's a level of like, I, I think opposite oh. of like, nah, I'm going to be online. I'm going to be present. That way I at least know what's out there. Right. What what I find worse than the memes right now is the TikToks. Hmm. I find the the TikTok worse because the TikToks are giving non comics the it, it, it I, I think I posted out I said uh 
TikTok is a is a is a joke thief's wet dream. Yes, yeah, like a cover band. Because you have you have yeah, you have people doing your material and getting better notoriety than you. Well, you know why? Like and there's I mean, people that know the to to your point about TikTok, which I'm on there, is like uh shameless plug. <laughs> Find me at I am Phil Hunt mm-hmm. on TikTok if you're listening. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh the reason for that is literally TikTok has a button in the corner, bottom right corner, where you can mm-hmm. copy and paste audio. So mm-hmm. th- I'm saying, I guess they were ahead almost on it of like, this is how we're dis- different than Instagram. Cause I get so annoyed with Instagram, even like if you uh, tag me in a post or whatever, you know, everything's mm-hmm. a one button push on Twitter, on Facebook, even TikTok, one button push. And you go on fucking Instagram and it's like, oh shit, I have to have a repost app. I have to screen, uh, what do you call it? Screen grab this audio, then take it over yeah. to my page, then say whatever you said as opposed to, you know, Facebook, you just hit share. Same with TikTok, where I can literally take your audio off your video of like you told the joke now I'm about to retell it or cover it I'm gonna mouth it out over right. audio right so yeah but right. do the people it's gonna be a whole but do the people get the credit comedians well this is the thing that's good about them actually is per what I'm saying me just pushing the mm. taking your audio it keeps the right. fact that it was your audio so it says you know, it might be my picture and my video of me mouthing out or acting out your joke, but in the bottom right, right. corner, it says audio courtesy of at Ibrahim Khalif. So I'm saying mm. they're mm. actually a little ahead of the Instagrams and Twitters, whereas sometimes you can screen grab certain shit and people just go, but what TV show is this? Or like, where is this coming from? Right. Yeah, it. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, I see motherfuckers take talk about Twitter and stuff. I see people take Reg Thomas's tweet he made about something, mm-hmm. and they completely cropped they completely cropped him out. I was like, it just reposted. Well, that's I was what like, God damn! And you say, well, damn, they, they did that. You could just hit retweet. Yeah. It's a one button push. Yo, completely, uh, completely fucking crop about. Then you you find it. It's your business to go. Into that, the, you know, the, the the main comment section of the original mm-hmm. post, and go, "That's my boy, so and so's tweet." You know what I mean? They, they don't. Oh, care. I remember um, the crazy thing, and I mean, mind you, I'm not arguing with you. I'm with you as someone who's yeah. over thirty. The internet just is the wild, wild west, and you know, Heard these up. we used to care who wrote, who said what. This generation does yeah. not care, and, and, yeah. and my it's boy, my boy. Ron- my boy Ryan, man, he had like three or four tweets go viral, but they went viral because someone stole them. Yes. Like he he created memes. Like I remember there was one that went really uh went really popular. It was uh remember how they had when the Lion King, the live action Lion King was coming out? Yeah, and they yeah. had like Beyonce on one side and Nala on the other side. Mm-hmm. They had Childish Gambino on one side and Simba on the other side. Then they had that meme that went around that had Jay Z on one side and a camel on the other side. Yeah, like he created he created that, right. and it went viral 
but they the people it went viral because people stole it from yes. Them. So you saw that you saw that meme everywhere, and nobody gave him credit. It was a couple of other ones too, like Lil Duval reposted one of his. Yes, yes. I, but everybody gave Lil Duval credit. I listen, was like, man. and then we all had to go in the comment section, and go, "Yo, that's Ryan Roman." Listen, man. You know what I'm saying? Are, I was like, "Wow, this you is are crazy. preaching to the choir." And I mean, you you saw me. I had one stolen over the summer, and I, I had two or three stolen, oh, which is one I did like seventeen thousand on Facebook likes, shares, all that shit. It was something about mm. Kim Jong Un I typed, and it had like a picture of uh, what's her name? What is the damn? I almost called her Maggie Lisa Simpson, and mm-hmm. that one I noticed more white people liked it. Right? They mm-hmm. just hit share. They don't want credit for nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then I did one about what COVID nineteen and Jay Z. Oh, allow me to reintroduce yeah. myself. My name is Cove, and then. Oh, 10 million yeah. people stole it. Charlemagne said that shit on the Breakfast Club. And I'm like, but if you mm-hmm. go back and look, time stamps. Mine is the first right. one you'll ever see. And even niggas would right. niggas would share it on Twitter, take a picture of it, mm-hmm. and then share it and crop me out. And it's just like, well, what's the purpose of that? Just hit retweet. That's easier than cropping something. <laughs> Right, yeah, man, but it's all but, about clout chasing, like man. Like I said, what's funny was, like I said, that one with Lisa Simpson or whatever about Kim Jong-un, I noticed it was mainly white mm-hmm. people liking it. They would just share it, just hit share. The other one was mainly niggas, and niggas was stealing it, and now I'm over here like, hmm, <laughs> maybe it's because we're stolen. I don't know. <laughs> what goes around comes around. It's learned behavior, goddammit. We got stolen and brought wow. here. Now we just stealing memes and whatever else is. But yeah, man, that's the thing. And I mean, I don't know. It just makes you wonder about the future of creatives and where shit's going. But I do like that TikTok at least made that a one button push, but it also tells who it came from. So you might see someone doing a Bernie Mac joke online, but they took the audio track and it's still behind it. And it says in the bottom right corner, Bernie Mac, at least. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like I said, Instagram and stuff, you don't know where shit's yeah. coming from. You're just like, yeah. oh, that's funny, but you have no idea the originator. So it at least tells what you're covering. Yeah, my my boy yeah, been uh, trying to get me on TikTok for the longest you know. time. He's another comedian. He's like, man, I, He's like, man, I think you should do it. I think you, you'll you blow up on there. Blah, well, blah, just blah. Like, it doesn't nah, mean nothing. Nah. I mean, if Lisa Ray can start her OnlyFans, then <laughs> anything's possible. Yeah, I just reposted about it. Yeah, man, it's, it's oh, my God. I just posted that shit. I was like, man, I guess that diamond <laughs> is super zirconia. Because it's like, God damn, like 50, 53, 53. Starting to own, like whatever happened to like all people hey, man. Just hey, ain't but a You understand what I'm saying? Like, could you imagine? Could you imagine <laughs> Debbie Allen and Felicia Rashad and, and you know what I mean? But the difference in the that's the difference in generations you can see is like because people in general, but women more specifically, um, women more specifically, women of like the Felicia Rashads and all of them, they became famous. Off of like, mm-hmm. like crazy talent, hard work, and class. They exhibit. They, ex- you know, 
they exude this class about themselves that you would never think in a million years that Felicia Rashad would start at OnlyFans. That would be like beneath, you get what I'm saying? But then again, Lisa Ray hey, made the role. She played that role well. So, so I, I'm all well, down yeah. for the evolution of so, Diamond. I don't know. I guess, on I, over I guess the OnlyFans. I, I might pay the. Yeah, I bet you are because you. Yeah, I'm a patron. I patronize it. <laughs> you gonna pay that credit card? You gonna pay that credit card? You gonna pay that credit card down so you can be able to afford her? And, uh, <laughs> you gotta add it. You gotta I might add it to the budget. Twenty dollars towards seeing Elisa Ray OnlyFans. Uh, I want to see her take that pamper off slowly. <laughs> <laughs> she on there in the lingerie. She on there in the lingerie you know, pamper, just it. peeling it off slowly. <laughs> Yo, I swear it is something major. It's something. It's crazy. It's funny. It's something. It's kind of sad seeing, like you know, me. It, I've watched porn yeah. for as long as I've watched it, right? And Cherokee is like my. It's, it's like the to me. Like mad people debate Pinky. Cher, man, Cherokee is my bitch. But it's kind of sad to when I see some videos where you go on a, the porn site or whatever, and you see videos that she made like uh, recently. Like, like, uh, they're not regular porn. Vi- they're not regular porn videos. They're not more recent. I'm, I'm saying like they're not regular porn videos. They're like she's streaming. Yes. She's, she's streaming. doing like new fans, I guess. She's streaming and she, and she's having sex with her dude on the thing on the. And I like, I see it. I'm like, this is kind of sad. It's almost like. It's almost like watching an athlete yeah, way past their prime. Yeah, I said this before. It's like it's wet. It's a wet pant. <laughs> so, like I said, I'm more of the fan. Yeah, it's like a wet. Yeah, it's kind of like I'm, I'm more uh, of the thought it, you know. of like, yeah, but that's your fault, really. I think it's us. We're old, which I mean, uh, I'll I'll say this and, no, and I'll lead into. No. Well, no, I'm just saying, webcam is the new thing. So. For you to look at it, no, say, well, I, I get the webcam, but I'm more of your mind. But still, I'm talking about it's. It's like no, I'm just talking about the quality of the it. Quality I'm talking about it. every. It's, <laughs> it's not the fact that it's web. No, I'm, yeah, I'm dead ass. It's like if you watch, you watch uh, any of the. Uh, let me see the, any of the fucking videos in the thick, any of them shits in the back with the production value, all that the stuff. You see her. She's like at her peak and all this. Now, if you see these videos of her doing webcam, it's almost like Willie Mays stumbling in the outfield. <laughs> hey, man, don't like, bring Willie Mays into this. That's one of the originals. It's like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just saying, it's like, damn, I mean, But like damn, I said, I, it's like, it's like Shaq so, on so the Phoenix on Suns. It's like, ah. It's uh, Tony Parker on the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> Charlotte Hornets, yeah, it's like, damn, man, you should have retired. Like, how did this happen, <laughs> Tim Duncan ain't walking already. through that door to save yeah. you. Uh, so I'll say this. I'll, I'll say yeah. this while yeah. we on that subject. We'll go ahead and spin off into, into, into something that I actually <laughs> wanted to talk about because this has been getting on my nerves. Is uh, You're on the subject of basically has-beens. Are you a believer in the whole has-been concept? I, I oh, yeah. don't like it because yeah. I always feel like the person saying that somebody is a has been is a never has been. So what is the perspective there of, of allowing yourself to be like, look um, at that. No, it's just your... no, it's just that it's the whole has been thing is like, 
All right, if you have some people, like most of the time when we see this, we see this in like athletics, right? Because the decline. Yeah, well, it's apparent. down the numbers. You can say you average 15 rebounds right. in your Right, line. you can see it in the numbers. You can and see it now in the you're averaging but, six. But you can see it in the performance too. Right, you can see it in the performance too. However, you got people, and, and mostly, like I said, we're going to, you know, I'm going to relate it to athletics because that's where you see it the most. You have people who they, um, they, you have people in life in general, they grow old, like I said, grow old gracefully. You know what I mean? Like, they know, they recognize mm-hmm. when their time is up, and they kind of, like, transition into a different aspect of their yeah. life or their career or whatever, where their knowledge and their experience is more valuable than what they can do on the floor. Like, i give you an example, like right. Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard was an amazing yeah. college athlete. He was a better-than-average yes. NBA athlete. I think he may have been an all-star. Well, he like played 20 one. years. But Jawan Howard... But Jawan Howard, toward the latter part of his career, became more yes. of a mentor and more of a on the you know, floor he was a coach. bench role player, he but he was more of a mentor, coach. on the floor coach. Then he became an assistant coach. Now he's the head coach for the he's fucking a... Michigan Wolverines. He was a guy who he was a guy who recognized his his limitations. He recognized that right. he was on a decline, and he but he was able to help other. Athletes yes. in another way that he himself could no longer be. He saw their potential. He helped, like, look, so he would you that call him? Yes. Team. And you, and, and let me point, so, point out, let me stop. But let me he point wasn't out had, the beautiful thing had, about that is he is right. your father's age. And I, when I well, I don't mean to say he's my father's age, but what I want to say is my father and them grew up watching him play at Michigan in the 90s. Rock stars. Rock stars, right, right, right. The Fab Five, and yeah. we know what they changed right. basketball and Fab Five and them. They were the thugs. They were the right. bad guys. He played with LeBron. They were the thugs. They were the right. bad guys. Oh, this is this new age bullshit super team. What if Michael Jordan went to go play with Charles Barkley? That whole thing. So I'm saying it, the beautiful thing was it right, almost right, right. skips two generations of basketball sitting there as they won a championship. So I said that to say. Would you consider uh-huh. he's a, would you say he's a has been? Because I think, but let me say this. No. I think it's always no. the job of you to transition. And like I said, to me, what artists always say is, well, that, like Jay-Z said, nigga, if you want the old hoe, go buy my old albums. Meaning like, I did I, I matured and I progressed uh-huh. as I'm supposed to. The reason you have an issue with my progression is probably because you're still stuck in the same place. And it's us who change, you know, of like, oh, well, you're not listening with 20-year-old ears, you know. You related to Eminem because you had a dead-end job and you had some beef with your mom. And now you're 38 and you can't relate to him anymore. But it's more of you changing than them. Yo. But I just mm, I, I yeah, hate yeah. to hear people um, say has been because it always makes me but, say, well, who are you? No, the has been to me. I, but the, the has been to me is someone who does not know when to go through that transition. Well, to me, well, that's what on. a has been is. I already explained what what I already explained what Jawan Howard was. He was somebody who, like yeah. I said, he recognized where he was at. He recognized his limitations. He was able to grow old gracefully as it were, into another part of where he could contribute to the game and to the sport as a whole. 
where you have has-beens is motherfuckers okay. who hold on and they think that they think that they still are. Okay, well let me say this. Be. Like like for instance, like like okay. Bernard, like Bernard Hopkins. Bernard Hopkins held on to boxing yes. way too long. And he was a, he was he was uh he was in the ring acting as though he was still a thirty something okay. year old man when he wasn't. And what ended up happening? He ended up yes, getting knocked I remember out that. Out that, of was, the ring. that was hard to see. Now Bernard Hopkins now Bernard Hopkins now, but but now, now yes. Bernard Hopkins whooped my ass, but in but in the realm okay, of so boxing, stop. he's a has been. So stop. Like, you know right what I'm saying? So it's this like is what I wanted to say. You you mentioned Jawan uh, Howard, and I think that's always I'll say it's an easy hard example, right? Because it, in athletics, it's not a matter of opinion of whether or not you're washed up, and again. As I name the stats, if you were averaging 15 rebounds and now you're averaging seven, if you were right, if you were playing 42 minutes and now you're playing 10 minutes, it's not really a matter of mm-hmm. opinion that your role is, has been reduced or changed. And if you came in the game right. at 23 with a max contract and averaging 15 rebounds and playing 42 minutes and now you're 37, yeah, you got the better minimum playing for the veterans minimum and you're averaging six rebounds and you know it's not a matter of opinion so as we were saying lisa ray earlier of just like i think it's harder for people who aren't in a sport because sports it's a matter of time your age your knees so for somebody like that like you know what beautiful good for her go be on only fans and like you know even as i'm joking about like yo she gonna have on a uh a lace me, diaper and be taking it off slowly. But it's like, hold yeah. on. Actually, <laughs> what she's me. doing is two things. She's probably gonna go over there and not do any of the shit. She's not gonna be busting it wide open. That's not happening. Nigga, 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 nigga. If, if she see those, if she see those subscriptions not popping the way they was, or those fucking contributions not coming in, you don't know how desperate a person is. First of all, to me, I look at it her announcing she's getting an OnlyFans <clears throat> is is the equivalent of Jordan playing for the Wizards. Well, see again, athletics is always it's a, a bad. It's the equivalent. No, no, no. But no, 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 no. No, it's relative because at least, like you said, athletics is a hard example. But Lisa Ray announcing she's doing OnlyFans is also a hard example of goddamn bitch, like fifty three. How bad is things going? Like, how, well, if you like, actually see her I, reason, if I, you go listen, ahead, if you, you actually see her reason, because I actually liked her reason. What her was the reason, reason? Was she goes? It's too many people on my Instagram disagreeing with me, and she like, well, are you a fan or not? Because you look like you just here to hate. So she's like, maybe I'll put this behind the paywall, and then I think it'll be less haters. Because you are following people for free. And I see that shit all the time. And I say to myself, well, damn, you follow this person. Why are you here dissing them? And I mean, mind you, I'm mindful of the difference between disagreeing with somebody and flat out dissing somebody and hating. I'm only talking about the Again, hate. You're allowed where, to disagree with this people. Is where athlete, this, this is where, yeah, but this is where athletics come in. She gonna have motherfuckers that still gonna pay. That's still going not like her. 
the the moment she go and she put her flippity bap on that motherfucking OnlyFans, there's gonna be somebody on it. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure OnlyFans got a comment section, does it not? Uh, I don't think so. I think there's a lot less of that, and you can you can control it, it which. Like you said, well, why don't she just turn off the comments yeah. on her Instagram? But before we well, get listen. too down the too yeah. far down the line here, uh, yeah. Lisa Ray to uh, Ice yeah. Cube of this whole thing with okay. him, where, like I said, to me, it just proves how unself-aware people are with somebody like Ice Cube. That you know, if you're living under a rock this week, I'll say Ice Cube announced that he. He put out this CWBA, which is, you know, a contract with Black America. So we're Black America. And mm-hmm. he said the Democrats told him we, we will respond to this after the election. And the uh-huh. Republicans Trump team, Team MAGA, responded with, you know, they met him right away. Let's sit down and let's talk about this. And people's uh-huh. responses were emotional, which I, I, I'm not uh-huh. sure how. If if I know I have your vote, why would I ever do anything mm-hmm. for you? Exactly. If I know you're going to vote for me, regardless of what happens, why would I ever do anything for you? And and if anything, that what he said should have exposed that to people, but it didn't. But they they most right black over people's that. reaction was emotional. Oh fuck, Ice Cube, mm-hmm. he's washed up. He's this and that. Who's listening to a washed up rapper? And it's like, okay, well, yes, he's an entertainer. Entertainers are not leaders, but I got news for you. Malcolm X ain't walking through that door. He's gone. Uh, So you're going to have to be open uh, to some new ideas. Then I didn't like that people, people act like Dick Gregory was was an entertainer. Like you can be more than one thing. But then people out also uh-huh. act like the type of entertainment you do doesn't matter. This dude's been saying fuck the uh-huh. police, which morphed into the gentrified version of you know, defund the police this summer. So it's like, this dude uh-huh. has been political. It was, you know, the right wing that labeled him or, and, and, and you know, white people that were afraid of him that labeled him as gangster. He's never been in a gang. When I listened to his music, right. it was always political. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, well, who better to speak than this guy, you know? And like he said, you know, I'm calling Dr. Claude Anderson and I'm talking to Hello? different experts and different people. Nah, I lost you. Yeah. You said, well, I missed Can the, you hear me? Nah, that part. It's the first part of that. Uh, I said, you know, he's got this contract and he's talking to different people. Mm-hmm. He's talking to, you know, Dr. Claude Anderson and different people. He's consulting on this. Right. So it's like, this guy actually has a plan. And then you got, you know, on the other side of the coin, you got Joe Biden here with Cardi B that I think I mentioned on the last podcast. So like, I'm not sure how she's making plans for black America. And you're talking to her as if she's black. <laughs> and then people are okay with that, that are democratic. It's like, that's fine. And then, like I said, if you want to play these games of, well, that person's just an entertainer. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's talk about the type of entertainment that you do. Is there any tie to what you're saying politically? I, I got on bloody shoes. She doesn't even write her own raps, which to me is just like, you know, that already to me is like 
a, a level five felony. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even write. You're literally reading shit that Partisan Fontaine wrote. But here you are with Joe Biden making some sort of plans for Black Americans, and you're barely black. And Joe Biden keeps, well, here's my plans for. Here's how I'm gonna fix this and fix that. And you know your song is wet ass pussy. There's some hoes in this house, so it's like, well, let's not act like every entertainer is the same. But I just hated people's narratives and people took it and ran with it. Oh. He's endorsing Trump. It's like, where did you get that? Yeah. He did not endorse Trump. He said, I'm talking to him. Mm-hmm. It's, the same, yeah, it's the same thing like what they did with uh, Steve Harvey, the same shit, anybody that sit. Like people calling Herschel Walker and Mike Tyson. Like, well, I ain't hear nobody shit on Mike Tyson for, for endorsing Trump. But, uh. Well, no, Herschel Walker does, and Kanye did. And that's but, what I'm saying. Simply meeting with him shouldn't get you like no, outcasted but, but what from I, the black. But community. what I'm saying is, what people don't realize is that my point is, what people don't realize is that a great deal of those guys made a lot of money with Donald Trump. You know what I'm saying? People yes. don't understand. Re- people don't understand relationships. You know what I'm saying? Like Mike Tyson wouldn't have made the money he made had it not been for Donald Trump. Fucking Herschel Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Trump drafted Herschel Walker. You know what I'm saying? He played pro football first hmm. with Donald Trump's team, the, the New Jersey Generals of the USFL. He gave Herschel Walker the largest. Wow, I didn't yeah, realize that. That's interesting. He gave Herschel Walker the largest contract in professional sports history at the time to play for the New Jersey Generals. It's like, it's it's a. Well, that's what's funny is they're acting like he's yeah. new. And yes, exactly. So for all the rappers and the boxers, I understand that. Like you said, you know, Trump used to yeah, run. Yeah, a lot of them made money. Yeah, so a lot Atlantic of them made money City. with him. So he had casinos, and, and Tyson was boxing right. at those casinos. A lot of the pictures we see of, you know, Tupac yeah. or Diddy Trump. with Trump right. is and in AC. Was... Which is kind of, he was the unofficial president right. of AC and, at one time. And Atlantic what people City. don't realize, too, is that he, you know, he made a lot of money for a lot of motherfuckers, man. And they have a yes. close relationship with this dude. And people kind of like just forgot and glossed over it. What he's done with those rappers and those entertainers is no different than what these corporations do by giving money to these Democrats on the other side. These pharmaceutical companies, these no, kids, uh, these lawyers, any, side. any side. It's the same too. shit. It's just his is in front of a camera, theirs yes. is behind closed doors. It's the same shit. So, but the- no, absolutely, and and that's what's funny in itself about people shouting about entertainers. It's like, wake up, baby, the game has changed. Trump's a goddamn yep. entertainer. Kanye West is coming in about fourth on these ballots. He's a goddamn entertainer. Yep. But that's so, our this, fault. This ain't your yeah, fault. That's election. our fault, though. That's that's America. Trump is the president we deserve. <laughs> He's the president we deserve nah, because absolutely. we spend a lot of our time absolutely. on social let me, media. Let me say this. Yeah, I mean, before we get yeah, yeah. too far down the line, I'm laughing because I'm becoming more and more a believer in if everybody does a lot, then nobody has to do a little. Or if everybody does a little, nobody has to do a lot. Of like, it's what we do every day on the streets that's going to affect actual change. You know, the president's just a mascot. So in New York, Upper West Side, uh, 
the pandemic, they put these homeless people in hotels uh, because the shelters, uh-huh. you can't social distance. Uh, people just started blaming the needles and the empty alcohol bottles popping up everywhere on uh-huh. all the homeless people. And it's like, motherfucker, you're out of work too. So <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've been drinking through this uh-huh. pandemic. So, you know, I'm like, well, these people think that they're good people because they vote liberal mm-hmm. or for Democrats. And it's like, yo, you just shitted on homeless people. I hate to tell you this, but that's exactly mm-hmm. what Trump would do. And they basically not not voted them out of the neighborhood, but petitioned them out of the neighborhood. And I mean, to be fair, they were going to be removed from these hotels at some mm-hmm. point anyway. You know, it wasn't a, a long-term thing, but it's still one of those things that like, well, that's a shitty mm-hmm. thing to do. But, you know, let you tell it, oh, well, I went down in November four years ago and I checked the box for, quote, unquote, the air quotes, the right person. But, you know, this Trump guy, and it's like, well, getting him out of office ain't nope. going to change that. <clears throat> so it's just the level of, like, we need to be better people, but we're always, you know, blaming or looking to attach yeah. to politicians. And then, like I said, People being unself-aware as far as, like I said, with Ice Cube, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a 42-year-old nurse type that Ice Cube is a washed-up rapper. And it's like, first of all, <laughs> if he's a washed-up rapper, who the fuck are you? Like, he's sitting in a mansion, and you're online typing about him, you know, being associated with Trump, which is just an emotional reply anyway. Because, like I said, he didn't endorse them. And then if that wasn't enough, you know, 50 made the joke about the taxes. Oh, well, fuck that. We got to vote for uh, Trump because of the taxes, you know. And then here came everybody to now, oh, well, he's endorsing Trump. And it's like, he's just joking around. That's what he always does. But he he didn't say he's voting for hell. I don't even know if he can. But he still might vote for him if he can. Because but people don't realize but but what people and fair enough like, that's just... what people don't realize is that motherfuckers are gonna vote for their own best interest. Even all these motherfuckers and I've been trying to tell this shit yes. to people for like weeks is why I'm not really into this whole game. Is that you gonna yeah. have you gonna have these so called liberals that live over in the upper west side and all of that in the in the lower east side and me all these motherfuckers that make all this money and live in Hoboken in Jersey City, who gentrifying a lot of these urban neighborhoods, who got Black Lives Matter signs on their fucking front lawn yes. and got all of the, the gay flags and all of this stuff. Them motherfuckers will vote for Trump, too. Yeah. And motherfuckers don't really want to hear that. They will vote for uh-huh. Trump, too. Just because they virtue signal and they put out there that they're for you and that they're Black Lives Matter. But at home, they say, I'm voting for Trump. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't have the same you well though they just want to be able to live where they live in peace so they're gonna go say hey we're with you we'll go marching we'll whatever but when they go back home they gonna fucking vote for their own best interest when they selling that when they when they sending that mail-in ballot nah, absolutely fucking voting curtain they're gonna vote for their own best interest that's why the, i said the whole game and the focus on them putting on black black and latino people to come out and vote come out and vote come out and vote like you said earlier, motherfucker, we vote for Democrats in the 90%. So if Kamala and Biden lose, all they're going to do is blame black people. 
And we exactly. only thirteen percent of the population. We, so I'm going right, with the but they're gonna blame us. Did Trump get in there another four years? So the whole right. game. So it's a whole game. So then now. So then now, and I'm glad you said it. And we brought up thirteen percent. So then now the game I'm being seeing be played is divide and conquer, because they damn near using black women against us, and then now that it's Ice Cube uh-huh. and 50 Cent, it couldn't just be Ice Cube and 50 Cent became, why are so many black men voting for Trump? And it's just like, one, my ancestors died for my right to vote, not my right to vote Democrat. And two, them niggas didn't endorse Trump. One of them said he was meeting with them, and the other person uh-huh. made a joke. And then three... Two niggas don't uh-huh. mean black men, but you can see from the Jamel Hills and the whoever else's that wanted to speak on it that they were yeah, waiting for that. Office. I saw that dumbass shit she wrote talking about some black men want part want uh, access to the patriarchy and blah blah blah. And then I see a bunch of other people who needs the patriarchy, but guess what? You sitting there telling black men to protect you? It's part of the fucking patriarchy. <laughs> First of all, we and we don't have a and black men don't have a patriarchy. Yes. We don't have one. Like white women have a patriarchy, meaning right. all the white women that go death to the patriarchy and all that shit is the same bitches that'll call that'll call the cops on you yeah. because the patriarchy got her back. Mm-hmm. That is a system. All right. Well, it's all the Karens that have been calling the police. It's uh, the yes. Amy Cooper in Central Park, where it's exactly. like, who do you think she voted for? And like I said, what bugs me about that is not just that they vote, but it's that they think the voting then means, oh, well, that makes me a good person. So then they go out in the streets and they do whatever, you know, whether it's diming out the homeless man for having a drink in goddamn Central Park. Who the fuck need a drink more than a homeless man? (laughs) I live in this bottle. This is my home. This is the thing that most our sisters don't Uh, fucking understand, right? by being gained by by white women and their feminism is that white women as much shit as they talk about yeah. white men they will never betray their position in society never so they'll they'll it's all in that yeah, it's all they'll in sit that. there and talk all this shit in the world about the patriarchy and we don't need this and blah blah but the first moment they get in trouble who the fuck they call who what what muscle do they flex yeah so it's nice. like, our sister need to shut mm-hmm. up. be doing is pushing for a black patriarchy. You know what I'm saying? If not, if not, let yes. if not let all their sisters in the LGBTQ community then protect them and do what they're going to do. <laughs> Don't. But we can't have, and yeah, that's what a lot of that is about. And that's what I'm realizing is, you know, you go to their page and you realize, oh, she dates right. a white woman. Got it. You know, after after you see what they say, you start looking up, digging into their background a little. And if it ain't that, it's I got two tickets to uh, what is it called? Slave play, the 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 Broadway play. Oh my Slave god! Play. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is great. And it's like, yeah, you you would think that corny shit is great because that's that's mm-hmm. what this is all about to you is, you know, you want to sound like white people. And get them to like you so you can get sponsors and you can get a blue check on Twitter. Gotcha. 
Right. You can sit on CSN or what is it, CNN and MSNBC too, which is like that uh black dude that was we mentioned Amy Cooper and the birds. Oh, and, and he wouldn't and he didn't you know, want the black dude that they called the cops. And then he, and he didn't want to press charge. He just wanted to do a bunch of CNN interviews. And it's like shit. At this point, I'm a damn near pay a white chick to call the cops on me. I'm going to record it. It's going to be an HD, a three-camera shoot, and then we're going to upload it. I'm not going to press any charges. She's going to be on NBC. I'm going to be on NBC. Boom. We both won. You write a book. I write a book. <laughs> you know? The victimization of the victimization of being a Karen. It almost, like you said, it's almost boom. like they're doing, it, um, they're doing it on purpose. Like, it's a setup. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's damn near a new play, but yeah, like I was saying, it just it's weird. And and then so we started talking about the great divide of like I said, this almost black woman thing is almost on cue of just like you know, here's Ice Cube, here comes Fifty with a joke, and then it becomes you know, ten think pieces about why black men and black women don't, and like you said, you know, this this vague concept of well, black men just want to be number two, and it's just like ugh. That's such a disgusting, like, how can it be both? How can it be I'm the most incarcerated, mm-hmm. most shot by the police, mm-hmm. but also I want that access to the patriarchy. If anything, and it if just, anything, they should want us to have the access to the patriarchy too. Because <laughs> you can't want some things and not, they're, they're so, they're so used to uh, 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 white marching to the beat of what white women put out. That they can't even see, they they, they can't think past mm-hmm. their nose. And I'm talking about not all, not all sisters. I'm just talking about the majority yeah. of the ones that, like you said, yeah. they be on Twitter, they be just talking out their fucking neck. It's like you you're sitting here talking shit about the patriarchy, patriarchy. The black black women have been running our community for generations. With the the, the last well, the last years. probably the last. And that probably starts about at the Vietnam War when they sent off mad right, and then from they, the household. Yeah, and then they and also then came back for, uh, fucked up on nah. heroin, and then you know what I'm saying all that shit. It's like, but they've been, but they've they destroyed our community, yeah. and our community is being run has been run by black women for for decades. So it's like, how is it that right. the patriarchy is the problem? When, when a lack of black men and, yes. and black fathers in the neighborhood has been a major problem for many years. How, how can you, at one side, like you said, yes. say mass incarceration and breaking up the black families is a problem, but on the other side, you say the patriarchy is an issue. Man, shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> it's like, yo. So I found it funny, and I mean, you know, SNL, Meg Thee Stallion was on there, and I mean, She's doing a song about twerking, which again, and you you know what's crazy actually is is I enjoy Meg Thee Stallion's okay. music. I, I like sonically; it sounds good. Yes, but then it's like, well, okay, you're doing a song about twerking, and you got a Malcolm X quote on the wall behind right. you. So which is it? Now, mind you, I'm conscious of the fact of like, okay, love Malcolm, whatever. Malcolm's a felon. Meaning right. we've all been wrong and we deserve mm-hmm. the chance to almost correct it. So it's like, if I can forgive him for these felonies, I can certainly forgive you for twerking, busting it wide open, then standing up mm-hmm. and quoting Malcolm X. But I can't skip past the fact that Betty Shabazz is covered mm-hmm. from head to toe. 
But uh, so there's the irony of you sharing the message and also, but also dancing ass naked. And now, also Malcolm mother, you might have a Malcolm also talks about one of the things he used to speak against is the over sexualization of the black woman. He should talk about how black women right. you know were being uh used and brought into prostitution, how black women you know, a whole thing about their body. It's like how you're more beautiful and more worth more than your bodies. And one of the things he spoke about was modesty and so on and so forth. Him, Muhammad Ali, the whole thing, right? So it's all, it, to me, it's this whole yeah. thing about um, wokeness and people. It's all a trend because it can be sold now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yes. like, I kind of respect when just, you had, you had motherfuckers that was just, look, man, if they was hoes, they was hoes back in the day. And they weren't trying to be political. They just played their lane. Like, look, this is our lane. This is what I want. But because being thugs and being uh, uh, straight up hoes has a shelf life, they figured a long the longevity is I'm going to have some political shit in mind. So it kind of like cheapens the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I look at, but like, well, I look yeah, at, that's like, what I said. Earlier about the... Jay-Z. Like, how about Jay-Z? progressed but when i look at jay-z as someone like like you grew up listening to him jay-z was about money you know what i'm saying he was about money and he was about commercialization that's all he had ever been about so it's like but i but i don't think so and and, and let me throw this out uh, here as a jay-z like a self-admitted jay-z stand listen first album first song all us blacks got a sports and entertainment to then we even. He he spent his whole life rapping about mandatory minimums and people that were shallow, as he said, th- through his own words, do you listen to music or do you just skim through it? I've always thought the people that think he's shallow are actually shallow themselves because if you're actually listening to him, that's not what he's talking about. <laughs> You gotta be Man, you gotta to pay attention though. He's, look. And like I said, what, what what be killing me with Meg is what be killing me with Meg is there's no deeper meaning to this music. So right, let's yeah, leave right. Malcolm X out of this. You know, like I said, literally her performance was, you know, whap, whap, whap. This that wet ass pussy stands up. Here's a Malcolm X quote, protect black women. And it's just like, what are you even talking about? Then she did like this. I want to say it's a Nike ad or something, but whatever. She was speaking, and what was so goddamn funny to me was she kept going, I'm strong. I'm so strong as a strong black woman. And then she said, protect me. And then she said, I've never allowed to show any weakness. And I'm like, but you just said (laughs) you were strong. Mm -hmm. So which is it? Of like these contradictory messages, and like I said, everybody loves to bring Fifty Cent into it. Oh, well, he got shot, and it's like, right. yeah, but he never and, said I need and to protect. It. <laughs> and everyone continues to make jokes about him getting shot. Yeah, so it's just like, you know, I I don't have a problem protecting you, but I need you to pick one, honey. It ain't I'm a strong, independent woman over here, and it's just like. Plus, you know, how you gonna tell me you're independent plus, with a cash app? Plus, they always take that take that quote of Malcolm <laughs> X way out of context in terms of when he said it and what was yeah. going on when he said it. See, people don't re- also don't realize right. that, uh, like we like we talked about earlier about the destruction of the black family, is that the the U.S. government, aka the white man, became the man for the family. 
So it incentivized our women to not have a man in the house, to have children out of wedlock, to so said, to have children out of wedlock, to be financed. Our no, our yes. house, our communities were subsidized by the U.S. government. You know what I'm saying? This is just a reality. Mm-hmm. And then you had women, because I grew up in the projects or whatever, and a lot of the sisters back in the day, what my mother was one of them, worked the system because it right. was geared in that direction. And that would, that's what you saw destroy a lot of communities. So it's like, and a lot of no, them, and, and black women get a lot of um programs that are geared towards them to go to school, get an education, get all that stuff, while black mm-hmm. men get any, get nothing. So, well, it's cheaper rent, but at the expense yeah, of what? You have no, you have no uh, husband, you, your kids have no father, stuff like that. So it's like the, the government yeah. became the daddy. So it's like at the time, at the time when Not Malcolm fast. said what he said, he was right because we were both, black men and black women were both in the same boat. We were both catching hell at the same rate because our families were together. You know what I'm saying? And that was the reality. But going forward, that became mm-hmm. less of a reality <laughs> for both of us. Yeah. They Black women aligned themselves with right. feminists. And black men, we were left mm-hmm. and we were hung out to dry. And then that's what made it, it uh, you know, they start taking away fucking, you know, uh, they start taking away job opportunities from us and all types of stuff. They locked us up. So it's like... Well, like I said, it's... it's nothing's an accident and it all... You know, it all goes together where, you know, I'll say this and I'll, I'll preface it with, you know, obviously I'm not condoning violence. I, I don't want to see black women shot. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. But I will say a lot of shit is based on the decisions you make. So for Meg, it's like you 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 wouldn't let me tell you not to get in the car with Tory Lanez. So you made a decision to go out with him. I'm not going to say it's her fault, but it's certainly not my fault. And then even I told somebody, and of course they flipped out because everything's emotional nowadays. The same thing with Breonna Taylor. Of What type of niggas are you dating that got your door getting kicked in? And then again, on a deeper level, it's like, so let's not play. They weren't there for a black woman. <laughs> they were there for a black mm. man. <laughs> and it's like, well, see, again, this comes down to the type of men you date. And then you got these podcasts with, you know, B. Simone or whoever, and they're laughing and saying how they won't date a nine to five man. And I'm like, it's literally the cause of most of your problems. But live your life. And then when the shit goes wrong, it's, oh, protect me. And it's like, you got to ask yourself this, you know, with Meg's situation alike. So you probably knew he had a gun. And you weren't afraid of the fact that he had a gun or to ask yourself, why does he have a gun before it got turned mm-hmm. on you? And I mean, it's a level of like this. Obviously, I'm smart enough to understand Tory Lanez is a public figure. So the amount of people trying to rob him or do something to him. And we grew up in the era of the Tupacs, the biggies. So we saw it go the worst as it could go. So I'm not against him protecting himself. But I am saying like, at some point he had to exhibit some type of behavior where you Mm. saw that. So as much as they preach about, you know, toxic men and this and that, that seems to be who they want to date. And then when it blows up in their face, it's time to come get me and say, why didn't you protect me? And I'm Mm. tired of that shit to be quite frank. So Uh there's that. (laughs) 
But uh, did you did you nah, catch the show? The I had a show that night. Um, they had it on the TV, but the bitch was on mute, so it didn't matter anyway. <laughs> oh well, you didn't miss nothing, but I'll I'll sum it up in general. I mean, how do I say this? The things with Biden, like to me, this is a layup, right? Trump would be so easy to beat, but he's not a politician, and I think people always approach it like he is. I can't believe we're, what, um, oh, two weeks away mm-hmm. from an election. Joe Biden doesn't have a slogan. <laughs> you know, it's something as simple as a slogan. Joe Biden doesn't have it. Uh, the moderator had better answers for Joe Biden than Joe mm-hmm. Biden. And it's just like, dude, this is, it honestly reminds me a lot of here, uh, Hillary in the last election of like, You've got all the qualifications. You don't have any mm-hmm. charisma. I mean, like I said, the moderator had better answers than Joe. And also, like, you would think his team would have prepped him to say, hey, Joe, here are the things not to say because Trump can reverse them on you. Joe Biden at some point says to this guy about immigration, you know, something, something, there's kids at the border, Trump. And it's like, Trump looked right back at him and went, and who built those cages? Damn. So it's just like, well, yeah, you and Obama built those cages. Like, you know, that's not a matter of opinion. It's, you know, a lot of Hispanic people refer to Obama as the deporter. Mm. So it's a matter of like, by the numbers, Obama deported the most Mm. Hispanics. So you having been Obama's VP, can't stand on a stage and ask me about immigration. (laughs) So then, you know, Biden starts down the line of, uh, what did Biden say? Oh, uh, you know, the whole mass incarceration thing and defunding the police. And Trump says, I'm the least racist person in this room, which still has others going, so you're admitting that you're racist? (laughs) (laughs) And, and who the fuck is in the room that you're the least racist person? <laughs> Which, you know, the correct answer for Trump would have been, I'm not racist at all. This motherfucker said, I'm the least racist person <laughs> in this room, which is fucking hey man, hilarious. He keeping, it, he keeping it a buck. <laughs> that motherfucker though he got some... Which, and that is always his, uh, like, I almost said his Trump card. Or he, that's always his thing of, like, he gets himself out of situations because he's not a politician. So he satisfies his base and that's it. He never looks to gain any new fans. He plays the hits, mm-hmm. you know, hard on immigration, mm-hmm. tough on crime, all that Republican bullshit that we don't like. But like I said, I, I, I can't find time to like Joe Biden's answers any better, which, you know, they got to talking about the police and defunding the police and mass incarceration of black people. And Trump flat out said to him, and what you're the friend of black people and said, uh, you know, you're talking about defunding the police and, you know, prison reform, but you had eight years to do it with Obama. You didn't do it. And it's like, God damn. <laughs> well, that's not how I'm feeling about Obama too. Like the only thing I, the only bail I can see shoot Joe is Obama did exonerate a lot of uh, nonviolent criminals at the end of that second term. Yeah. 
like uh, Demarius yeah. Thomas, that was a, a right, right. tight mom. end for the Broncos. He like exonerated that was like mom. his grandmother. Basically, they had his some mother. In her, huh? Okay, yeah, maybe it was his mother, but you know, basically, they had some weed in the closet, mm-hmm. and it was her closet. So, you know how the feds do when right. they come in and lock up everybody remotely involved, like. They just put something in my closet. That don't necessarily mean I knew about it. But since I'm on the lease, I got to go to prison, too. And it's like, come on, fam. You're being ridiculous. There's murderers that get less time. Yeah. The the thing the thing about with, with Obama is he talking a lot of shit right now. And I'm like, like you said, motherfucker, you had eight years, man. Eight years. You talking all this bullshit. Like, I don't got really got nothing. To, I don't want to hear nothing he got to say about anything about police reform, about any of that shit. It's like, like people forget, like niggas was getting shot during his presidency too. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, facts. I I voted for him both terms. And, I like him as I do like, I like him Obama, as a person, yeah. But I will say, and as a and as a symbol, what he yeah, what he represents. I, I like him as a but person. it's like, yo, man, people were getting murdered by the police on your watch, but and un- you ain't do shit about it. Unbiasedly. Unbiasedly and uh, nonpartisan as it can get, it's like yo, people were getting shot. Black people unarmed were being shot on camera on your watch, and cops weren't being punished. And it, so I, I, you know, this whole idea that Joe's yeah, gonna fix press, it. Look, is, all he did was funny. press conference and talked about how Tamir Rice. Uh, who was it? Uh, uh, not Tamir Rice. How um, what's my man passed away? Man. Too early, Trayvon. Uh, Trayvon could have been Trayvon. And motherfucker, look. Then he sends a. Uh, uh, then he sends Eric Holder down well, do, to, well, do to to do like these investigations, and mm-hmm. they come up with, oh, there's no findings. And yeah, come on, man. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. It's like, and now, now you talk all this shit. <laughs> I'm not beat, yo. Like I said, he's a great symbol for our community in terms of. You had a black man as the president. Yes. I ain't trying to hear none of that shit he talking, yo. I'm not. It was all symbolism, and I appreciate that and, symbolism. And, I, and, and listen, let's I'm not, not going to get you too much because the motherfucker ain't want to get shot. Let, let's just, uh, let, I'm going to be real. Obama ain't want to be assassinated. Facts. Obama ain't want to be assassinated. <laughs> you know what? I'm really surprised be- America let him live, and I'm also surprised that if the Michigan governor got an attempt on her life and they had to arrest that militia, which I always think is a funny term, like, where are the black militias? Why the Bloods and Crips can't be classified as a militia? What the fuck is a militia? Every time it's three white boys with guns, it's a militia and it's not a gang. It's all propaganda. That's all Because they still view them them as as patriots or paramilitary in some way. Oh, they're... They're a lot militia is like oh they're a lot more organized. They have uh, automatic weapons. Yeah, or at the worst, a hate group, and it's just like, what is Hell's Angels? That's a gang with merch. (laughs) Like, come on, man, you can buy buy Hell's Angels a social club. Get mad at (laughs) they're not a gang. They're a social club. But it's like I could get I Obama. You ain't one of these guys. I'll give you that. But shit, some of our greatest some of our greatest leaders. Had no had no fear of dying, you know what I'm saying? I 
It's like they kind of expect. Well, the only. It's like they, they kind of like again, Malcolm. I'm gonna speak for, uh, on Malcolm because I don't know Ma- uh, Martin may have had some trepidation, but Malcolm. Okay. He said, you know, he lives like a man who died 20 years ago. You know what I mean? He said, I look at myself as a man who died 20 years ago, and I think right. and I live every day like I'm dead already. So he already knew that people, because of his his his, his views and his stands in social in society, he's gonna get killed at some point. Like Obama yeah. was like, "Fuck that shit! I'm gonna do just enough." <laughs> so I can walk out of here with my wife and my kids. He was not trying to be JFK, and I don't blame him. I don't blame him, but at the same time, don't sit here and talk about okay, shit. right? And when you had two terms to do the same thing, no nah, facts. I, I'm with you. I'm with you, and and don't don't conflate. Obama is a politician. Malcolm wasn't. No, I'm saying that's why I, I, I mentioned it about how we view Obama, like how they almost put Obama. In the same light as a Malcolm yeah. or a Martin or somebody or Mega, it's like he's not. Yes, and that's but but that's the clarification right. that I'm trying to give, and that's the uh, where people fuck up nowadays that I be trying to uh, clarify. Like, yo, Obama is a politician, so the bell I have to shoot Obama is Obama was what the 43rd president, 44. Yeah. yeah, number 44. It, it, it wasn't on him to fix racism, meaning you had 43 motherfuckers before him. So, but at the same time, there's what you're saying, and I agree of like, yo, <laughs> let's mm-hmm. not act like you were fixing this. And that's where I lost faith. And that's why I'm not voting. I mean, you know, I'm watching this debate and Trump and Joe Biden basically are Pepsi and Coca-Cola, where it's like, you know the truth? I can't mm-hmm. taste the difference, homie. So, hopefully after this election, it's the second one I'm sitting out. Maybe we can get some Sprite in there. And I mean, you know, hopefully because, like I said, even Kanye coming in fifth or fourth without ever giving you a plan should kind of tell people people are sick of this shit, man. This two-party system that really I listen to, to Malcolm the ballot, the ballot versus the bullet speech. I listened to it recently and he kind of was saying it of like, it's really one party and really if I give you two choices, mm-hmm. you don't really have a choice. You know, vote for a third party is a wasted vote. You might as well stay home. And then like I said, these two fools pointing fingers at each other, you know. <laughs> you had eight years, Joe, and it's like that is true. And when Trump said who built the cages, it's like, yeah, that's true. So... Let's not play games like you're so much better than me, but I'm going, shit, I can't tell. What they say, uh, you know, when a wise man don't argue with fools, who? people yeah. from a distance can't tell who is who. And it's like, that's that's how I watch the debate of just like, look at these two crazy motherfuckers. Then Joe Biden, he can't even like, he's so goddamn old, he can't answer questions straight. Like he tried to talk about uh the proud boys. Mm. He called them the poor boys. And it's just like, man, you don't have a clue what's going on out here in the streets, do you? And people don't realize this, but, you know, when you got a 76-year-old person on stage mm-hmm. trying to be quick-witted, which is just fucking funny, which if I had to say something about Trump, that's what I'd give him, is he is somewhat quick-witted. But Joe Biden, you know, the the poor boys, and then he couldn't even get stand back and stand by, correct? I think he cut, what did he say, uh, 
you know, stand at attention and stand forward or some dumb shit he said where it's like, dude, are you even listening? It's just like listening to your grandparent. Yeah, it, 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 it's the same. But it's like, people don't realize, listen, McCain ran against Obama. McCain's mm-hmm. dead. I'm just like this is how yeah. old these like, people are. <laughs> like I, I keep bugging out off when I hear liberals, a lot of the liberals, because you know we around a lot of liberals and shit when we do a stand up, and I hear them, you know, I see them on Facebook saying, "I'm tired of these old white men. We gotta get these old white men out of here. These old white men." But you nominated another old white yeah. dude. The fuck is wrong with you? Like right, and, and like the picture of uh, Ice Cube. It, with his family and then the picture of Kamala right. with her white husband and it's like so this is the person you want me to vote for for black interests but you're telling this black man with his black wife and his black children he's not qualified to speak on black issues and it's just like that's exactly it of like well if he's not qualified how in the fuck is Kamala so yeah it's it's ridiculous and I mean it's Pepsi and Coke, and like I said, most people, if you put that Pepsi or Coke into a paper cup, can't tell the difference. So, yeah, I'm I'm fucking over it. But the debates were funny to watch. <laughs> Who built the cages, Joe? It's it's pure entertainment at this point to me. Which uh, everybody keeps talking about Biden, Hunter, and uh, I say this: we got what? Well, what are we at? Oh, we over an hour now. We'll do about ten more minutes, and we'll get the fuck off here. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got ten. Got ten minutes, yo. All right. Uh, eh, let's transition. Uh, the funny thing is, uh, everyone keeps bringing up uh, <laughs> Joe Biden's son Hunter, which is hilarious. <laughs> and Trump hit that motherfucker below the belt in the first debate when he brought up his son, and he said, "Is it your other son? Uh, that be smoke crack." Yeah. He sounded like uh, Morgan Freeman from uh, Lean on Me. Yeah. What's, what's the crack, movie? Lean you, on Me. Don't you, son? You smoke crack, <laughs> don't you, Sam? That's that's what you do, ain't it? Go ahead and jump. <laughs> I said, "Yo, this motherfucker." But that's what's so astonishing about Biden to me is, I was waiting on him to bring up the Central Park oh, Five, so, and he never did. Because that's so the only agree, reason so I won't agree Trump. with that shit, man. <laughs> That's because he yes. is part of <laughs> the that. crime bill is part of the vilification yeah. of the Central Park Five. So yeah, but but if I was battling Trump in a debate, yeah. that's what I would have said. Which I'm I'm uh laughing at Kanye because he's a candidate and you know, smear campaigns, you would think that will be right up Kanye's alley, but Kanye won't diss any of the other candidates. Kanye's like, they're all great. And it's just like, nigga, you a rapper. Drop a beat and, yeah, and, but he and never light been some a of these rapper, motherfuckers though. up. <laughs> Kanye's been, Kanye's been self-absorbed. He ain't, he ain't he's, so, he's always been self-absorbed, so he ain't no battle rapper. Yeah, But, but yeah, that's one of the things I told people I, about I'll agree Biden going back and forth with Trump is that Trump pretty much approaches shit like a battle rapper. Like, if you remember him, even even yeah. if you remember him back in 2016, 15, 16, whatever, when he was running, and how he just, uh, uh, like, he was eviscerating all the Republican candidates. And he had them off the, and he had them, yeah. right, and he had well, them off the square. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's like they're they're like, oh, yes. they didn't know how to respond. He had them fucked up and flustered, and then eventually this motherfucker won. And I was like, yeah, they they came there to talk about the issue. And he's talking about them personally. And uh, you know. <laughs> and they, Yes, and they were like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah, and they ain't know how to deal with him. But like I said, what's what's funny to watch is, like I said, if I advised Joe Biden, one is I would have told him, hey, man, Central Park mm-hmm. 5 is right there. Use it. And I mean, you bring up a good point of like, well, he wasn't much better because right after that is the mandatory minimums and mm-hmm. the crime bill. But you got to use what you can use. But I'm laughing at Basically, them walking in the traps. Well, once he pointed at Joe and said immigration, you know, you could see Trump smiling from 10 miles away of like immigration. Mm-hmm. Really? We going to do this? You, the guy who was the VP to the guy they refer to as the deporter in chief. So it's like, well, Joe, you're not being self-aware. Mm-hmm. Like, who's preparing you? Because all of these are things mm-hmm. that can be reversed. And these are know? all of the, and these <laughs> so are, and these like are all of the things that, that uh, liberal media uh, ignores. They ignores those, mm-hmm. those realities. And yeah, he t- he tried to he tried to bring up his good son, and then Trump went. Well, what about that <laughs> other son? <laughs> but like, but no. we're so. But what's so funny is that I find ironic is that how everybody claims to be these savages in this new era of social media. I'm a savage. I'm this. I'm a savage. You would think since y'all so much Mm -hmm. savages that y'all would gravitate towards the Donald Trump because this nigga is a savage when it comes to this shit. And And that is so goddamn funny about people getting mad about rappers siding with him is he's practically a rapper and like you said going back to the 80s early 90s if you listen to the raps they're going something something we Mm -hmm. getting that money like Trump you know and then you know what's more rapper than get money fuck bitches that's who Trump is Mm -hmm. grab her by the pussy that sounds like rap (laughs) so yeah it is funny that you know, people flip out or whatever at the things he says. And I mean, mind you, I'll say as a leader of the free world, maybe you shouldn't be saying that. But but as you know, but, rapper, right, but, as a, but if you think about it, Trump is <laughs> Trump is unrefined, but he's no different than the rest of the motherfuckers who's ever been president. The only difference is he doesn't have good table manners. It's the same. It's the, it, no, that's well, what I'm he's saying. He just perfect. doesn't. He doesn't look or sound presidential, but the motherfucker is exactly what those motherfuckers he, was. He's exactly what they are. He flat out said shithole countries. And it's like, whatever you thought of Bush or Obama, they wouldn't no, say shithole countries. No, they would, they would use just better, better language. They would just Third say, no, no, they would just say shithole country with their legislation or their sanctions. That's what they would do. Yes. Well, it doesn't matter. And that's. It's like somebody said, you know, Joe Biden versus Trump is, uh, do you want to be called a nigga with an A or a nigger? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, just about. Where it's like, you know, my answer to that right, right. is neither. You know, these answers ain't binary. So it's just like, yeah, man, Pepsi and Coke. I, I prefer Sprite myself. So get me something different. I, I think Elizabeth Warren yeah. is the candidate I like. But I'll say this, and this is what was funny 
was Joe Biden, like I said, one is he didn't have any answers. But then at some point, Trump flat out called him out on it. And Trump went, Joe, that was a political answer. And he said, people are tired of that. That was politics. Uh, and that's, like I said, he sticks to, he covers his base. The people that like him, he speaks right to them and he doesn't worry uh -huh. about those who don't. So yeah, like you said, for people to laugh about rappers and, you know, 50 said what he said, and it's like, they're both uh -huh, the queen. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, if anybody's more like a rapper, and even I think it's a little bit of fake energy sometimes, you know, when I listen to a Ply song and it's give me that pussy, and then you look at his tweets and it's, oh, we got to get this monster Donald Trump out of office, and it's like, I understand that Plies is an entertainer. So, you know, give me that pussy isn't his personal feelings. But at the same time, it's like you still did seem that. So you acting mm -hmm. so crazy over a man saying grab him by the pussy <laughs> is just like nigga, have a <laughs> like morals. Yeah, it's very critical, but yeah, it's, everybody's talking it's like, about it reminds me. And, uh, which, which which makes me laugh. No, nah, I said it reminds me not that? to get too far subject, but my cousin, right? My cousin, he's done a um, he's a part of a docu documentary because what you're saying about Plies and Donald Trump is like Donald Trump is what if if we're going by what we're talking about right now, Donald Trump is what Plies portrays to be in his music. Donald Trump is in real life. So I was just discussing this with my cousin, right? My yes. cousin has done a docu series about called Enslaved, and he did it with um. You know, uh, Samuel Jackson narrates it and stuff. And what they're doing is they're diving, they're diving, and they're oh, finding no. like a uh, 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 shipwrecked or, or sunken slave ships and stuff. And they're finding different artifacts and the story yeah. behind them and so on and so forth. So anyway, he was telling me about how he met uh, Samuel Jackson. I was like, "Oh, did you get a chance to meet him?" He said, "I met him briefly or whatever." And he was telling me how Samuel Jackson was in, was kind of intimidated by him. Like, he was like, Samuel Jackson's a little bit intimidated by me. You know, I, I'm around him because, you know, my cousin's a big black motherfucker. You know, he's like six foot four. You know what I mean? Kind of big or whatever. And I was like, well, are you so much bigger than him? And, you know, my, and my cousin's also a ball buster. And my cousin's a badass. You know, he's retired fire captain, fucking yeah. dodge motorcycles. He fucking die. You know, he's diving. He teaches diving. All this. So he's a bit of a badass. And he has a sense of humor. He busts his balls. So... My, yeah. my my cousin, long story short, my cousin meets Samuel Jackson. I guess they, they didn't, they mixed like oil and water. And Samuel Jackson was intimidated by him. So yeah. I'm like, damn. I said, based on Samuel Jackson's persona that he portrays in, on TV and in the movies and stuff, you would think you and him <laughs> would be like kindred spirits. You know what I'm saying? My, my cousin was like, nah. Mm -hmm. I said, I said, you know what? Then I thought about it and I said, you know what? Samuel Jackson probably realized you are the real life version of what he plays on TV. You get what I'm saying? And that's intimidating. So it's yeah. like when you see the real version of what you claim to be, that's something different. I said, plus, you got to think about the entertainment. Samuel Jackson is probably the only black guy in most rooms he walks in. So he can be, he can be the representation and he can be the badass in, front, in, the, in an office room or a conference room full of white folk. You know what I mean? I was like, but if yes. you look across the room but and it's somebody just think, like you, it's I a little dis think, it's almost like a G check. Like, oh. Yeah. But I also think it's a level of 
we forget actors are really some studious, quiet motherfuckers and they're acting. So it's one of those where the character almost becomes larger than life. And it's right. like, that's a persona, right. you know? So, so it's like the Cosby Cliff Huxley thing where it's like, y'all didn't know Cosby smoked weed and took quaaludes. Well, right, y'all was right, in right. love with Huxtable, but Cosby <laughs> out here getting it in. Like most so. people. But what I'm yeah. saying, it's the same thing like yeah, what you saying about Plies. Plies is, it, he says what he says in his music, but mm-hmm. he, you know, his other uh, messages about getting Trump out of office. It's like, motherfucker, y'all the same nigga. Like, <laughs> yeah. You, you, no, literally, he has a hashtag, you know, mm. Sweet Pussy Saturday. And I mean, it's like, so you're mad that the dude said grab him by the pussy. All right, fam. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I'm I'm smart enough to understand you're an entertainer, so I can't get mad at you about what you say in song, but let's be real, homie. Like, what he said, now, yeah, mind you, he is the president, which is, you know, obviously, that's white yeah, privilege. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're saying it, and you're viewed as an ignorant rapper, and he's mm-hmm. saying it, and he's viewed as the president. But at the same time, let's not pretend like y'all did you just say the same word and use it to come up. Now, your come up ain't like the white man's come up, but it was mm-hmm. a come up nonetheless. So, yeah, there's that. But, uh, yeah, that everybody's clowning Hunter Biden online. And I don't know. I, I, I'm i halfway laughing at that because I'm like, don't act like y'all kids. They never embarrass y'all on the goddamn yeah, job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whose son, whose son you think need a whooping worse. Uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, or uh... Ronnie? I fuck. I say, uh, Hunter. Fuck it, yeah, Hunter. LeBron. Shit, you never know, man. That, uh, Bronny, Bronny was probably LeBron. Probably had Bronny smoking. You don't know what the motherfuckers do in the off time. You know what I mean? You don't know. Yeah, weed is legal in California, but we all know that their teacher taught us. Yeah, it's nah, a you know, drugs. he probably had that kid smoking <laughs> already. You don't know. You don't know what type of relationship. But you could you could see in Joe Biden's face because, like I said, Joe tried to bring up his good son, and then Trump countered with, mm-hmm. "What about that other boy you got?" <laughs> you could see in Joe Biden's face, like, "I'm gonna whoop that motherfucker's hey. ass when I get home." Got me down hey, here, man. stupid. <laughs> and you know what our moms used to say, right? Uh, that teacher called down to my job and I got to come off my job I'm gonna beat your ass so LeBron finally leaving the bubble was the big joke of like yo you ain't see Adrian Peterson's kids on Instagram (laughs) smoking weed did you (laughs) Adrian Peterson issues the discipline so it's both an MVP ass whooping though that shit happened I don't know what Bronny was thinking like yo Imagine getting your ass whooped by LeBron, the four-time MVP. But to you, that nigga's just daddy, and he mm-hmm. just hit you with a trophy. Yeah, LeBron, I was bugging out. LeBron brought his uh, <laughs> his daughter a house that looked just like they house. I was like, God damn, that has money. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that was that was yeah. cute though. I like that. That was the, all right. One of the funniest questions is, uh, I think it was Letterman, but it's one of them late nights, either Leno or Letterman. Asked him mm-hmm. when he was, you know, years ago. He goes, When's the last time you looked at a price tag? 
and LeBron mm-hmm. just starts laughing, and it's like, hey, yeah, man. You yeah. know, sit at home, argue about who's the greatest, Jay or LeBron, all you want, but it's like, yo, both them motherfuckers got multiple championship rings and multiple mansions. Yeah. Who the fuck am I? I think I think LeBron same. got the money that that Michael made after he stopped playing right now. <laughs> that's the that's the craziest shit to me that yeah. I think about it right now. Cause you know, that what that what that documentary exposed was that Michael wasn't getting paid that much playing basketball either. You know what I'm saying? But no, that was the and 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 it is what it is because you know, and this is why in entertainment I, I hate anytime you have someone diss the generation before or mm. two generations after them. So even it's a little of like I said, people online calling out washed up, you know, fifty it's like, yo, Dr. J was in the ABA, mm. came over to the NBA, right? And he carried the league. Then um, Bird and Magic took kind of the mantle from Dr. J. Bird and Magic built it to where Jordan took it. ESPN came, Gatorade came, Nike came. Jordan passed it on to Kobe, Shaq, Tim Duncan. Because we always try to leave out the big guys. But it's like, yo, that was a whole 10 years. Shaq, Duncan, Celtics. Of Kim Kalizawan, which God damn it, because he never he played, played Jordan. Jordan. You mean in the finals? <laughs> and you always... yeah, in the finals. Oh, you know yeah, what I'm saying? They, in the yeah, when they played him, though, they beat him. <laughs> Not well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, it would have felt more legit if he played him in the finals. Of like, all right, yeah. well, Keem, you beat Jordan. But I mean, it is what it is. Jordan went to play baseball and whatever else, but. I was saying all that to say, yeah, LeBron's making, you know, $35 million a year, which, you know, WNBA, which now that we're talking about money, <laughs> which I hate that this comes up every year, but then it goes to, oh, well, Sue Bird, you know, is also a four-time WNBA champion, which she's been playing since I was like 14. And she's, she's great. She's, she's bad at But I, I observed – you know, social media the week of the WNBA Finals. I watched a half of a game, you know, them versus, I think mm. it was the Aces they were playing in the finals. And it's like, yo, you know, here we come talking about salary. And it's like, why y'all never post about mm. the WNBA women? But every time, you know, we get to the end of a year, here y'all come talking about salary. And it's just like, yo, be, be like I said earlier, if everybody do a little, nobody got to do a lot. So, you know, go to these games, post the pictures of these games. One girl commented, oh, uh, well, that's about advertising dollars. And it's like, social media ain't advertising dollars. That's just mm-hmm. you control the narrative. Like, I can't tell you how many men I've seen argue about LeBron and Jordan. You know what I mean? It might have been mm-hmm. in the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, and, um, and no women post about no, it. There's no Cynthia Cooper and, and Sue Bird debates. <laughs> no Cheryl Swoop. Yeah, no Cheryl it's Swoop like, well, this, this is debates. Yeah. yeah. Diana Taurasi. Yeah, none of that uh, shit. Candace Parker. Shit. Candace Parker had a baby and came back mm-hmm. and dunked on bitches. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you feel me? So it's like, yo. 
she kind of awesome. But like I said, it's it's just funny to me of like, even when you think about mm-hmm. courtside, right? So you think about, you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce are at the mm-hmm. Nets games or the Lakers games. And even Lizzo this year, when she had her mm-hmm. ass out, that was a Lakers game. And it's like, well, well go to a Sparks mm-hmm. game with your ass that's out. That's because it, 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 that's because but in basketball, that's, that's... with any sports that's male-dominated, people can interject themselves into that fantasy. When you're watching the NBA, the NBA more specifically mm-hmm. because you can see all the players' faces, all of this stuff, right? So it's easily marketable. But right. the NBA is I, I as a man can live vicariously through a LeBron James. We can live like we can, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's a situation of men want to be yeah. them and women want to be with them. Nobody watches the NBA and yes. interjects themselves into a game like that. Man, that same do feeling mean? doesn't come up when I watch an NWNBA game. I don't want to sleep. I don't want to sleep with a majority of those. Well, yes. <laughs> and most of those women, and, so and women aren't going the, with that same fantasy. You know what I'm saying? They're not going. It doesn't draw that same so, so emotion out of people. Yes. So listen. One is the big joke I missed there was. You know, like I said, one of the major or most talked about moments mm-hmm. of 2019 was Lizzo with her ass mm-hmm. cheeks out at the game. You know, you had all these arguments and discussions. And like I said, that was a Lakers game. Imagine if you went instead of at 8 p.m., you went at 4 p.m. to the WNBA game, the Sparks, right. playing the same damn arena. Now, mind you, right. I, obviously, I'm smart enough to know the WNBA wasn't mm-hmm. in season then, but I'm just saying. You know, when you see these celebrities step out onto these red carpets, mm-hmm. you know, at these Lakers games, it's like, well, same energy. You know, Lizzo's supposed to be this big feminist. But like I said, you know, and I'm not blaming her specifically. I'm just saying any women stars, you know, Rihanna's always at the Lakers game winking at uh, what's his name? Caruso. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yo, flip it. You know, be the change but, you want to see and just go but, to those games. So we don't have but, to add. But they're not going to because women don't women don't support women. Is, <laughs> the big joke that we missed, exactly. The big joke that we missed is if Lizzo goes to a WNBA game with her ass cheeks out. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Br- Brittany Griner is going <laughs> to smack your ass. <laughs> she going to get snatched up. Like, that ain't what you want. And who was the girl? I think her name was Candace Dupree that complained about the WBA oh, and the, it, it, the it, fact. It, that. Is, is that or the no, one that was Candace shitting on Duncan Robinson? Saying, saying No, that's Candace Wiggins was the one who she left the WNBA and she flat out said it. Like, as a straight oh, oh, woman oh. in the WNBA, I uh, am harassed oh, okay. on a daily basis. But that went ignored. That what that don't fit the narrative. Right, right, right. I remember reading so, that. Yeah, Candace I remember reading that. Yeah. She's a pretty good player. And it's you know it's never to be brought up again. But like I said, I just hate that we always get to the end of the year and here come these discussions. But I'm happy for goddamn LeBron winning the fourth. And like I said, I I'm not gonna argue from my one bedroom apartment about you know this nigga being great. At a certain level, it's just like, yo, just Dude, clap. The level of production he's putting up <laughs> I mean, in year 17 of his career, and there is no real fall off at all. 
You know what I'm saying? It's, um, it's yeah. amazing. Dog, he led the league in assists yeah, this a, year. <laughs> and that was the first yeah, it's time amazing, he's ever bro. did that. It's fucking amazing. Like, you can't – like, even Kareem yeah. Abdul-Jabbar at some point began declining his production. And he still came out to be the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Yeah. LeBron's going to be the all-time leading scorer by the, by the end of his career. Barring no injury, barring barring injury, right. he's not he's going to be the all, all-time leading scorer. What is he, number three, right? What is he, number three right now? That was the thing. And that's where I get and that's where I get nervous because Kobe was on that same track and then bam, that Achilles snap. It was a long recovery, and then even when he came back, I don't it think was like, Kobe oh, would have got shit. it because Kobe didn't start the way <laughs> LeBron started. You know what I'm saying? Kobe no, started no, on the true, bench, but, but you know what I mean? LeBron, Le- LeBron came right out the gate. True, and then LeBron's not even a score. But that yeah, but he takes. I mean, but also too, Kobe's a grinder, and Kobe was a grinder. LeBron is a lot more smart with his with his workload. He's a lot more smart and he's a lot more mm-hmm. efficient with his workload that, that he puts on his body. Like people can talk about load management. Uh oh, I'm, I'm all for it, bro. Load, I'm all for management. it. It makes sense, <laughs> dude. It makes sense. It like why would you? It's better. It's better to take the day off now than to have to fucking be out because of injury later. You're gonna be out either way. Well, they need to they need to shorten the season, nah, no and, and and that's a thing that LeBron and brought up. No, but they lose so much money that, that the league sense. doesn't want to let them. But it's like the season the season is at least fifteen to twenty games yeah, I too like, long. And and then that, why don't they just go back to the first discussed. round being a best but, of five than a best of seven? Oh, I'm for that too. But again, the league looks at it as. If yeah. we can make this well, money, if let's he, he make gonna make his money regardless, so he so. might as well load manage. Because LeBron is put, LeBron has Not played facts, in the playoffs every year except for last season. Right, and the and the two years I think it took him to make the playoffs. I think it took him two or three really? years. Don't quote me, but it I definitely took him two think, or think, three. I, yeah, I, I thought he made the playoffs the very playoffs. next year. The very next year after this rookie season. No, no, it was a process. And that's mm. why I think it's very funny that, you know, the Ben Simmons and the Joel Embiid's and even the Giannis's that people immediately jumped to what LeBron was. And it's like, f- first of all, LeBron didn't win rookie of the year, Carmelo Ooh, Anthony. Yeah. And Carmelo Anthony yeah, made yeah, the playoffs yeah, yeah. right out the gate. So I'm saying all that to say, not to question his greatness, but I'm saying that to say, it's a process, and it I does. Front, take I thought time. Car- I thought Carmelo was going to you know. be the bigger star when they first came out. I did not think that LeBron was. I really did because you Carmelo know. had done something that like he he single handedly led the Syracuse Syracuse Orangemen to that. You know what I mean? Like he, yes, as a freshman, as a to, freshman. to the national championship. It was like yes. that was like unheard of. You know what I mean? So you know what's what's crazy is, and I mean. You know, these translations, once they start scouting players, which Carmelo's, what, a year older, I believe, or at least in their class, he was a mm-hmm. year ahead of LeBron. So he was a senior in high school when LeBron was a junior, but they were squaring off in all those tournaments. What's crazy about the two of them actually is whatever they were scored as in high school, they stayed. I mean, LeBron was seen as an all-around guy 
who could kind of do it all. His comparison was magic or athletic magic. And that kind of is, he just led the league in assists in his 17th year. Carmelo was seen as the scorer and that hasn't changed. So I always find it funny whenever people are just like, which, you know, there's so many people in high school, whatever this scene is, is not. I mean, look at somebody like Kevin Durant. When he uh, went to Texas, he was seen as a, they had him as a, a power forward and a shot blocker. And it was just funny of like, <laughs> this dude just broke every record at Texas, you know, for scoring. And then him coming into the league and being a shooting guard when he was in Seattle. And then yeah. that, of like the transition of his game and like how he changed or evolved to this perimeter guy that shoots threes. Whereas, like I said, Go back and look at the scouting report of LeBron. <laughs> it's the same damn scouting report. I mean, he's a better shooter, but still not a shooter. Like, he makes them when they count. But if he's taking one wide open, you ain't going to be – you're going to hope he takes a jumper. So, it's just very weird that their scouting report stayed the same. But, like I said, it's it, it's crazy to me. I'm just like when people argue against his greatness, it's like four, five, six – that's a very exclusive class of like Larry Bird, yeah. Magic Johnson. You know, two is hard to get. Hell, one is hard to get. That's KG, yeah. uh, Paul Pierce. Who's got one? One is hard to get. You know, Charles Barkley didn't get it. And that's always like, I feel like the Achilles heel is that Jordan went six times. You know, one of the memes is, uh, which, you know, niggas always try to explain some shit, so, which I'll call it niggasplaining. Oh, yeah, so, the niggasplaining meme is, let me ask you this. If, if I go to a chick's house uh, seven times, and I get the pussy seven times, and you go to her house, and you get the pussy yeah. two times, which one of us is better? And it's just like, man, they're not, they're they're not, they're not telling you if, if, if she's up. a, uh, they're not telling you if she's a fucking <laughs> That all could depend on the <laughs> They just said, they're not, they're not taking all of the other things into consideration. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, it's like maybe it's like, maybe her kids was with her or her kid wouldn't go to sleep, so I couldn't get the pussy. And it's like exactly. So stop explaining. And then also, it's like yo, the uh, the uh, fact that like what we just said, that, like he sat out those two years, so he never plays a king. But maybe a king beats him, and we look at it a little different. I think Jordan Jordan spoiled us because Jordan never lost yeah. in the damn finals. But he stopped all those great players from getting. I don't know, man. I got Carl Malone, Barkley, Gary Payton, and Sean Kemp. But this whole thing of like this, this whole thing of like the game is so different. Just really annoying. Yeah, but the level, the the level of athlete, the level of athlete is so much different. Plus, the the game is more advanced. Like the type of athlete Michael Jordan was. Like, if you ever see the evolution of the athlete, right, the type of athlete that Michael Jordan was, the type of moves he did on the court and stuff like that, you then had an entire yeah. – it was rare, as they called it, rare air, right? You have a whole generation of kids who then grew up and became the exact same yeah. type of athlete or better years later. So 
Michael Jordan was no longer an anomaly. He's the norm in the league. That type of athlete is the norm. You know what I'm saying? Now you give – hold up. No, 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 I'm not going to stop. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. Okay, so stop. You cannot, you cannot deny that. That's the same thing people say about the NFL. <laughs> I remember when Javon Kurtz was the first – but I'm saying, I'm, we going to go over – but I'm saying, I remember when Javon Kurtz was the first defensive lineman keep it to run a sub-540. Like he yeah. ran a forty yard dash at six foot five, two seventy five, in like four point four, four point five. He was yes. the first one to ever do some shit like that. And they was like, Oh my they called him the freak. That is the Right. That And they called him but listen, the freak. Li- listen. Which I was like that motherfucker what he did is now the norm. Grown ass man. You see that shit freak. now you watch the the, the <laughs> NFL combine now. They almost expect a defensive lineman to um, run that, especially an edge rusher. So it's like, so it's like, but Michael, when he played, you also had that. You had. I hear you. Yeah. But. But I gotta, but I gotta keep it to basketball because sometimes the comparisons. Although what you're saying, that's a great point. But my thing for this is always this is that I think people confuse athleticism sometimes for skill. Michael was the best because he had the athleticism with the skill. Meaning, if you really watch him, which, like I said, I hate this whole logic, well, the mid-range game is dead. And it's like, no, stupid. Steph Curry and them won by shooting a bunch of threes, but also defensively, there was Andrew Bogut. There was Andre Iguodala. Like, they had Draymond Green, a defensive player of the year. So I always think people have overhyped the fact that the game has changed. It's like, you can shoot a bunch of threes. Houston shot a bunch of fucking threes, and they lose every year. So the skill of Michael, when you really look at it, Michael is a shooter. Even Kobe. When you really break down what Kobe yeah. was doing, it was a lot of on the post, yeah. fadeaways, which it was MJ's game. Yeah. He copied MJ's game. Those are high percentage shots that are hard to block. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it might not look as sexy as, you know, dunking uh-huh. or shooting a three like Steph Curry, but it's high percentage. Kawhi plays that game now, you know? So, like I said, I think everybody confuses Michael. Really look he at his skill. It wasn't like he was crossing people over. Yeah. But he was a tremendous athlete who also had skill. Mm-hmm. So I said that to say, when you say, hold on, when you say it's more athletic, because I lost my point, but, it's really not because you could look at somebody like Desmond yeah, but, Mason. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not just sticking. A dunk champion. I'm not just sticking with Desmond the, the Mason athletic. Was I'm also athletic. talking about the skill. The level of the players way was, that you have now, skill. you didn't have then. Like it wasn't it wasn't as common. Come on, bro. You didn't have you didn't have no stretch for you didn't have a ah, Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. No. Hear me Sean out. Sean Kemp was a better Sean Sean Blake Griffin. Sean Kemp was a better Sean shooter Kemp. than Blake Griffin. Go look at the numbers. Go look at the numbers. Now, now, but I mean Nah, Blake's hitting threes now. So the range has been extended. The range has been extended. But 
when you can look at a player, like I said, five yeah, on five. Level, your level of the threading, is, feet, the, the level ball of is however many is ounces it is. The level it's of competition, the competition is, is different. It's better. You know, like, for instance, like you say you want to keep it the football. I mean, keep it the basketball. But in football, the athletes are just so much better. And the reason that they got to change the rules and the equipment is more streamlined, the athletes are faster, the reason they had to change the rules is because people would die on the field because the athletes are so much bigger, faster, and stronger. It's the same thing with basketball. It's the same thing with basketball. You have a lot more. You have five. But I'm saying you have you have five. Well, the way who can handle the ball like the guards. way the game is called. Like, <laughs> you didn't have that. You didn't. You didn't have that back then. You had. I mean, you're saying this, but let, yes. let listen. Time out. Time out. Say that again. You have you have fives who can handle the ball like guards. Now 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 listen to what I'm about mm-hmm. to do. The NBA Finals this year was the Lakers versus uh, the Miami Heat. The starting no, centers Dwight, are no, JaVale no, McGee, the White Howard. White but Howard also the White Howard the comes off the beat. He didn't handle the ball. The no, well, <laughs> well, either. He started the finals. Let's be real. The real center on that back team. And look. No, hold the on. The, hold on, hold on. Is, is, the other Dwight Howard the, starting? The other, you said Javale McGee. Okay, well. but I was gonna name the Dan other Dan guys. Bio I was name the centers. No, you said the. That was. And the White Howard. You said, wait, the White Howard. You said Javale. You just meant the Lakers was side. His power forward. So I'm saying that to say that the game is. You, you don't even mention the Heat. The Bam Adebayo started. I was I about to go to the. Did Bam Adebayo start started center? <laughs> the motherfucker. I was about it, to. You you started uh, talking. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he can dribble. Yes, and Bam Adebayo can. Hold on, let me hear me out. He can pass. RD yeah. is Sabonis and Vladi. Let me. RD is Sabonis and Vladi Divac could pass. We, we are pretending like Bam is coming down the court hitting some Steph Curry step-back threes. He's not. Now, he can shoot, and his range has yeah. been extended, and that's where I would have Joel Embiid's a five. The, the range the of ball. all the players has been extended. But, like I said, look at the game. Listen, hear me out. Sean Kemp is Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin is nah, Zion Williamson. The game isn't that different. People just want it to be. Uh Oh, okay. And the White Howard, the White Howard is a Dwight Howard is a dinosaur like he's not. Game. Is he not? He can, you can bring him. You can bring. Hold up. You can bring him in to do to to to, to do the tip off. I mean, you can. For how many minutes did it? You can start way. the game, but in the but in the ebb and flow of the game, is he really a uh, is mm-hmm. he really a major factor, or is he really a major candidate? He's not. No, he wasn't. But hear me out. The, yes, he was actually against Jokic. Listen, listen. Against Jokic, uh, I think they started with Javel, and then you know Jokic was killing him in the Western Conference Finals. So then they brought in Dwight to start and say, "You're a three-time Defensive Player of the Year." Slow him down. You're never gonna mm-hmm. stop him, but just slow him down. So now, as I say what I'm saying. We can go back a year, you know. Like I said, even Jokic, it's like people act like he's so different, but it's like, yo, 
you know, yeah, he can pass. Yeah, RB is Sabonis and Vladi be blocking. Even Shaq a little. RB just couldn't run. Arbitus couldn't so run again, the floor it's not like, like these guys are by the time he came the in, the, in the NBA. And crossing people over and shooting step back threes. Now Anthony Davis, now Anthony Davis is kind of a freak of nature, but at the same time, let's Bruh, not you, act like Anthony Davis had, is the you, is not an exception. He's an exception. Up, he ain't you the had, rule. You got joking because, like I hold said, up, you, you got joking, right? Starting line, you got, and I just have, named uh, the plotting Anthony Davis. Jokes. You got the motherfucking unicorn over in um that the mm-hmm. two people. You got Porzingis and uh motherfucking uh what's my man name with the Mavericks. All right, you got th- you got them. What are we up to five already? You got Embiid. No, oh, yes. come out, come out. Hold up, Luka Doncic. Yes. You got Embiid. You got a motherfucking uh, a Giannis. Listen, you you got Luka Doncic. Huh? But let me talk. Luka Doncic is so Doncic. But, but, but wait a minute, Joe Johnson and his Watch seven Joe footer. Johnson Look, play. It's Luka. This Duncan. is a seven foot. Bro, this is a shooting. Juka Dodges is it seven feet tall? Dodges is six eleven. No, he's not six seven. Bruh, him and bro, come on, man. No, he's him like and, six no. seven. Listen, him if no, he's, he's not. Like, him and Porzingis you know is the same height. What are height. you talking about? He's a guard, bruh, bruh. He's a guard that's Yo, seven he feet tall. Starts at guard. <laughs> he is a guard. Oh my! All star guard. No, he's not seven feet. Porzingis is seven feet. Are you mixing up Porzingis and Doncic? Porzingis is the guard or the center or forward. Damn, he is six, he is six Doncic foot seven. Is the guard. That's crazy. Doncic I thought plays he was seven a feet lot tall. like Joe Johnson. No, 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 I know so, Porzingis, but I thought they both were seven feet tall. Yes, you're well, mixing wild. up Porzingis. All right, and all right, I'm like, all right, all right, I'll take that back. I'll take that back. So I, look, I, I had him there as a, a, a seven-footer. My bad. So, so that's what I'm saying. It's all about perception. People, people are pulling the exception, Anthony Davis, and acting like it's the rule. So I'm going to go back a year. Toronto goes the to. finals last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, Toronto and uh, Golden State. So the starting center was JaVale McGee, or not JaVale McGee because he was gone. He was the year before. Starting center for Golden State was uh, Kevin Looney. So again, <laughs> then the starting center on the opposing side, Marcus Yeah, but Marcus Saul could shoot. Marcus Saul has the same bully ball Marcus Saul can from handle the ball, just like his brother Powell. Like They're different think- players. They're different than the guys from back in the day. They yes. have a lot more dimension. They have a lot more dimensions. Sam Perkins used to live out on the three-point line. No, Sam Perkins not. used to get Sam, Sam Perkins, Perkins used to be criticized for not playing down low. Right. Alright. Alright then. And and Sam Perkins, Sam Perkins was an outlier back then. So what do you say? Mark the Soul. What Sam Perkins was is no, Mark the Soul. No, it doesn't. No, 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 no. You just said you just said that they, these That's players the today I'm are the same as they was back then. All that They're not because that... Sam Perkins was an outlier in the nineties. Was he not? They are. No, he's not. 
You have a lot so more I'm players. So I'm saying Anthony Davis is an outlier. His but height, everyone with acts his skill like level he's the playing rule. today than you did back in the 90s. Bruh, just they may be playing, bruh, but again, they when started, I'm in these lineups, don't mean the finals, they're, like, they're no, that's a, a bully-ass part of Looney? Kevin Looney could start, and they're going to take him out. <laughs> he, can, he can start the game, but he has, he's not a factor in You're the right. game LeBron plan. LeBron started. And he's the except, and he right now, he's the outlier. A bully center. Okay, but let's not act like that's not the, the lineup. And, and and Bill Cartwright would be obsolete. Bill right Cartwright now. is Kevon yes. Looney. Yes, he is. And was. that's all I'm saying. Of like, yo, just because he's, uh, you know what I'm saying, man. Just because he's no, he wouldn't. Because Kevon Looney is, is starting in the, the finals. And so they even just did a whole. They did a whole featurette about the 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 death of the modern day uh, of the center of the the center that plays in a low post. Nah. Yes, and I'm telling you, right. and I'm telling you, it's overhyped. The basket is 10 feet and it's five on five. All that niggas flaming, look, man, the game's the same. Now, listen, here's where you might have a point. The way the game is called is different. It's less physical. I remember when they had to make the rule for Mark Jackson because they would back down full court. Yeah. He would turn his back and post somebody up mm-hmm. all the way down the court. Him. Gary Payton, Sam Cassell, Charles Barkley even. But I'm just saying, when you look at these lineups from the finals, you know, with the exception of the two great players on either side, it's the same. Mm -hmm. You know, Shaq started and who played next to him? Horace Grant won championship for L.A. Samaki Walker, uh, who who was the starting four? It was another name I'm looking Mm -hmm. for. And it's like, yo, he was very average. Rick Fox, Derek Fisher. So it's like we, we just acting like the game's so different. But it's really not. Who the fuck is Kevon Looney? Uh, when the Warriors won, Andrew Bogut was the center. So, like I said, everybody's acting like, yeah, but you oh, also, well, let's talk about have, Michael but, Jordan. Yeah, but you had, like, well, yeah, you Michael Jordan was King. exceptional. <laughs> and so was Scottie Pippen. When we and, look at the rest and, of that. Casey King and Scott Curtis. Williams and you know what I'm saying? You had a bunch of motherfuckers playing in the NBA back then. Fair, <laughs> but, y'all, but I'm saying, like, listen, I'll, I'll say it again. That's all you can say is Kevon Looney. It's just because he started a listen, game. Kevon but, Looney. But those players, those players from back then would not play the today. Finals. A great deal huh? of them. I mean, you're... Nick. Nigga Tom, nigga, nigga Tom James. Which everybody want to argue about the GOAT, but I'm like, nigga, fuck it. Let's talk about the woke. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm going to go out and say Kendrick Perkins yeah. is the worst of all time per the number of minutes he played. Let's talk about them wokes. Because the GOAT so, argument's so been got me over. So you're telling me Otis Thorpe and Tyrone Hill and those motherfuckers would be the Davis Blake boys Griffin and all them would be playing Blake. today? Fuck no. Fuck no. Fuck no, no. Kevon Looney's one person. Yeah, because no. they play I'm now. Is, can't, is Kevon no, a motherfucker that can't make a jump shot? Come on, bruh. Come on, bruh. But I can name five versions of him. Listen. Andrew so, Bogut was nice, Again, though. Andrew Bogut was the one. He was nice. Center. Uh, let me go down the line here. 
based he was number based one pick. on their system. When he played he in only what, the Milwaukee, like eight points he was better. Game. So to a kid. All right. But he still was a plotting seven-footer. So I'm saying we're acting like seven-footers are coming down and crossing people hey, over and then dunking, but they're really not. There's one guy doing He's that. Not, His name's Anthony but, Davis. But still and Giannis, a, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Giannis ain't a center. Giannis, uh, he plays center every now and then, mm-hmm. but he plays power forward. So hold on. Let me think of who plays next to him because that'll help you. But Brooke Lopez can shoot like, three. Yeah, we he's also a great like interior passer. He's a middle range dunk shot. These are the and he also can handle the ball a little like. bit. What are you talking about? He has a, he has a lot more. Fair. Sam Perkins, that's all he could do was shoot the three. And he was an well, outlier Sam Perkins back could then. shoot the three. What do you explain? <laughs> what do you point out? I don't, I don't get what you. Man. Look. All right, man. All right. The only thing that's different is the range. And I've been said that. Is that people who would usually be Horace Grant and just shoot from about the free throw line have moved back to the three. But the game isn't necessarily smaller. Like I said, when you look at the starting lineups of the winning teams, NBA Finals, Kevin Looney, goddamn Mark Gasol, these are seven-footers and 6'10 niggas that rebound and don't really mm-hmm. have huge huge amounts of skill. JaVel McGee is the starting in uh center the years they win. And then like I said, you got KD running around that in high school and college he was billed yeah. as a big man. But when you started watching him play and I mean you watch him today, he basically plays shooting guard. So looking at Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant, it'll fuck you up. But it's like look at the average players. They're the same as these these the new Luke Longleys the new Kendrick Perkins of like, think mm-hmm. about the Celtics went to what? Two championship games with him, two NBA finals with Kendrick Perkins as the starting center. So the game ain't that damn different. The Kendrick Perkins is Luke Longley. If I ever goddamn seen him, like I said, that nigga Kendrick is the woke. <laughs> when that nigga was talking about Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant said, nigga, you were our starting center when we went to the finals, which actually makes me realize Kendrick Perkins went to three NBA finals as a starting mm. center. But Kevin Durant said, nigga, you averaged like 0.2 points per game and two rebounds. So how you on TV now talking shit about me? So I said that to say, if Kendrick Perkins went to three NBA finals, <laughs> the game ain't that different, man. You know, Kendrick was a bully, which... I guess we'll close on this. Uh, when Kobe died, Kendrick Perkins went on Twitter and was like, yeah, man, I'm going to get out in the driveway and put up some shots <laughs> for Kobe. Yeah, I remember that. And them niggas tore his ass up. They was like, boy, you're going to keep the neighbors up all night. <laughs> out there <laughs> bricking. When Kendrick Perkins shoots, somebody had a picture of comments hitting the earth. And it's like, yeah, man, we don't know if any of those shots you put up are for Kobe. Kobe would prefer you box out or something. Nigga. Yeah, no, nah, uh, we'll close out with the handles as well. I know it ain't gonna be out today. <laughs> the episode ain't gonna be out tonight, but yeah, yeah. So, uh, got a show out and um, I want Hoboken, uh, gonna be performing with Mark. Put it out tomorrow, uh, at the show at the show at uh, Bellow Bar in Hoboken. So, they can check me out there. Uh, 
social media handles Ibrahim Khalif, I B R A H I M K H A L I F. And yeah, man, that's about it. Yeah, uh, shit, shows. Let me think. Man, shit, the shows is far and few in between with this social distancing bullshit. But uh, per usual, same handles at I am Phil Hunt. Mm. Find me, argue with me. I'm not arguing about goats, only won'ts. We can argue about the worst of all time, goddammit. I, I am Phil Hunt.